It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lax Class here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for EP 181. 100. I don't get to use my fun little soundbite anymore, but that's okay. 181. <laughs> Not quite as good. Still pretty good. That was Brad Schellner. My name is Jake Elliott. Thanks for joining us here for another big episode of Lax Class as we enter into the final week of the regular season. I cannot believe it. It has just come and gone so quickly, and we were all worried about whether we were going to get a season in and whether, you know, all the games are going It's almost over, and it's a little depressing, to be quite frank with you. But we'll persevere, and I'll digress and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Let me tell you what's coming up on this week's episode. Lax Class Locks and Who You Got coming up in quarter number four. We got our Stampede Stallions and the week that was here in quarter number one. And two great conversations this week as we will catch up with the Warriors sideline and TSN Game of the Week reporter in Miss Chantel Chan in quarter number two. And then we'll get uh, the legend on here in Jeff Shatler of the Saskatchewan Rush to talk about his illustrious career that We'll have one more game in it as the Rush did not qualify for the postseason this year, surprisingly, to everybody except maybe Devin Caney, who had the burning take on Coast to Coast at the start of the year that the Rush would not make the playoffs. And I scoffed, I laughed, I jeered and sneered. She was right. I was wrong. Pretty impressive take there from from DK. But, uh, Brad, let's get you in here. How's it going? How's the weekend? Welcome back from Saskatoon. I I saw you you lit it up after the big game there on the weekend. Are you feeling okay? Yeah, I I had to because Friday was my first, like, NLL hell travel day. Uh, Oh, tell me all all about it. You hear about all the nightmares over the years. And I guess in, in... you know, when I sit back after I tell the story, I'm going to be like, okay, it actually wasn't that bad. Players have had it worse. And I'm probably brushing out world's smallest violin for Mr. Broadcaster here. But I got to YBR. I don't check a bag. I just carry on so I can just sort of waltz in, hop on the plane and go. So I always try to get there, you know, as late as possible. I was about there an hour, hour and 10 before I was supposed to get on the plane or before we were taken off. Get to YBR as soon as I walk in. It's the you can see the security lineup at gate C as soon as you walk in the door. It's the biggest lineup I've ever seen in my life. As soon as I walk in, I'm like, I'm missing my flight. This is this is crazy. It turned out that it was like international security person's training day. And yeah, so apparently people were sending me pictures from Pearson. Pearson was all bunged up. YVR lineup was insane. I get in the line. No nexus, no nexus. No nexus, no, that's and that's my you. first that's fault. I got to get that. Yeah. I got to get that done, you know. But I start emailing TSN, like, what happens if I don't get on the plane? What am I going to do? And I'm talking to security. They're like, I think you're going to have enough time. This line's actually moving pretty good. It looks a lot worse than it is. And so I, I waited in line, waited in line, waited in line for, like, over an hour just to get to the, the security screening belt, take all my stuff off, put it through the machine, now I'm like 10 minutes to the plane taking off. I think the gate's probably 
already going to be closed. And I scramble to grab my, put my jacket back on, put my shoes on, grab my computer, sprint to the gate, which was further than it was supposed to be because they moved us to gate A, B and our plane was in gate C and that's not close in Vancouver. It's a big airport. So I'm sprinting with my backpack and my suitcase and finally get to the gate. I'm like the second last person onto the plane. They're just about to shut the door. I sit down and all of a sudden one of the flight attendants comes on. She's like, do we have a Bradley here? I'm like, yep. Do you have your laptop? You know, you're in like, trouble when my... they call you by your first full name yeah. as well. Bradley. Yeah. Do we have a Bradley here? Bradley, do you have your laptop? Yeah, I have my laptop. Can you pull it out? I'm like, oh, oh, like did my computer get flagged or something? Like what's going on? Take my computer out of my backpack. You took somebody it else's. Wasn't my, wasn't my computer. Ah. <laughs> Nice. That's how much of a huff I was in to get off of that security belt. I grabbed a computer that looked exactly like mine. And so she's okay. I'll take this. You know, the person's looking for it. And I said, well, where's my computer? And she's like, I don't know. Your flight's leaving in five minutes. The door is taken off. We're gone. And so I had to go to Saskatoon without, well, luckily I had done most of my show prep, but there's still stuff on there that I needed for the TSM broadcast. And so I'm computerless in Saskatoon, which for, a broadcaster is not not a good thing, but they had tracked my computer down. I picked it up when I got uh, when I got home to the lost and found yesterday on on Sunday. But yeah, hellacious hellacious anxiety attack getting onto the plane. Tell me, last you got a middle seat? Without, Did you get a middle seat computer. too? That would make my day. Well, it's a, it's a small bird to Saskatoon. It's only um, it's only four seats across, two and two, right? Uh, so I've got got the aisle both times, stretch out a little bit. But yeah, that was that was stretch. dicey. So we definitely had to go the divas and sort of uh drink it off and shake it off after the game on on saturday night well you kept it going on sunday morning i saw you post up a caesar on sunday morning as well a little hair of the dog oh there's no other way sunday <laughs> caesars air canada lounge a little cucumber in there <laughs> yeah uh looked like a pretty fun game to call there uh we'll get to that here in mere moments but uh let's start back on friday as we'll get into it here brad and Holy cow, man. Just seven people out of everybody that takes part in, in Stampy Tax, who you got, took the Rochester Nighthawks to beat the Calgary Roughnecks. Now, historically, this has been a game that Rochester normally beats Calgary for whatever reason. If you look back in the, the archives, anytime Calgary goes into Rochester, they usually struggle. But I thought, as did many others, if there was ever a time that Calgary was going to buck the trend, they're on a five-game heater. Rochester's been struggling all year long, just three game, wins on the season so far. But they come out and just took the boots to the Roughnecks here, 15-7. 6-1 in the second quarter, 6-2 in the fourth. This game was never close. No, it it wasn't. And I was kind of thinking like you, you've been to Rochester. I've never been to Rochester. Yeah. It's not easy getting there, especially no. from Western Canada. So you got the hell of a travel day, first of all. And I know guys don't like going into Rochester from, from that far away. It's, it's not easy. No, you and go YVR into JFK, which that airport, I don't know if you've ever been to JFK or not, Brad, but it is, you want to think YVR is a big airport. JFK is absolutely bonkers like just the craziest thing you've ever been to and then you got to go from jfk into roch on a on a puddle jumper another hour flight or whatever that's your trial it's a whole day it's like 12 13 hours with the time change you're yeah. gassed at the end of it and then you get the rochester nighthawks who you know they're out of the playoff spot but they're still going to be pissed off and hungry 
And they really did put the boots to the Calgary Roughnecks. Like Ryan Smith probably had his best game as a pro. He was just as power forward dominant as you can get. Watson played a good game. Christian Delbianco did not. And they weren't getting any really secondary goal scoring. I think Dixon got seven points on seven goals or something ridiculous like that. And it was a pretty physical game for Rochester. And it looked like it meant more for the Rochester Nighthawks, even though it meant nothing for the Rochester Nighthawks. But you know what I mean? It looked like it meant, it looked like they were like, we're not, we're going down swinging here. It's second last game of the year where we're going to leave it all in line. We've got two home games here for our fans. Let's show them what we're all about. And for Calgary, it was like, we're clinched. We're playing against the last place team. Let's try to go through the motions and the motions just weren't good enough because it's an any given weekend kind of league. And Rochester looked really good. Yeah. Like you, you gotta not that I'm saying that they're a playoff team, but there's they could guys were playing for jobs and you could tell that. And there's some good pieces that they're gonna take forward next season. Well, listen, you you cannot take anybody lightly in this league. And I think that's exactly it, Brad. I think Calgary came in thinking this was gonna be an easy game for them. They're riding high, but it was all perimeter for the Roughnecks offense that just looked discombobulated all game long. And it was funny. I was watching this game. You mentioned Ryan Smith. I think this kid, Brad, is a future superstar in this mm-hmm. league. Like I just watched this kid ball and he's got, he's got it. And yeah. I think he's going to be a 50 goal man in this league in pretty short order. Like, I don't think it's going to take Ryan Smith too long. To, to get to some pretty lofty totals and surround this guy with a couple more pieces on that Nighthawk offense. Sky's the limit for Ryan Smith. Really good player. And you mentioned Joel Watson. I don't want to talk too much about Joel Watson right now because we're going to talk about him a little bit later if you know where I'm going with that, Brad. But give this kid some credit. He's, he was their third goaltender on the depth chart who has become their starter and held the Roughnecks to seven goals. So... First star honors for Joel Watson and Ryan Smith was ultra impressive. Big win for the Hawks there. And you got to give those guys a lot of credit for showing up in that game. They could have just, you know, this isn't our year. Go through the motions. They did not do that. And just goes again to show that anybody in this league can beat anybody when, when you put your best foot forward. Halifax did that against the New York Riptide. A little dicey for a while there. And every time that the Riptide thought they were going to claw back into this game, they actually got it to 14-13 at one point. But a couple late ones here from the T-Birds secured the victory. But this game was almost an over by halftime. 6-6 after the first quarter. So I was like, is anybody going to make a stop here in this game? Aaron Bold gets the start. For Halifax, which kind of made my eyeballs pop open a little bit. And Orleman, who has been just fantastic, I think he set a, a rookie record for saves in a season for a goalie. Just wasn't quite up to where his standards have been over the last several weeks. And Halifax, wanting to punch their ticket to the postseason, do that with a 16-13 victory as I said it on Coast to Coast. They actually edited it out, Brad, which is okay. I'm okay with it. But I said 10 more points for Jeff T. Three straight games with a 10 spot for 51. <laughs> and he's now the first rookie to score over 100 points in a season 
Missed in two the games. National Lacrosse League, and he's got another game to go. And he missed two, uh, Brad. He's he got, missed two. He's got 103, 30. Yeah, he's missed two games. Where would he be? Would he be right there with Dane Smith? Yes. If he, well, let's say, if he had two more, let's say, seven-point games, he'd be at one. So he'd be second in the league scoring behind Dane Smith because he's just out of control right now. But <laughs> he'd be he'd have more points than Ryan Lee, I think, if he's he put a, his da- a game rookie. average. He's a 36 goals, 67 assists. Yeah, just insane. And Halifax, I think, needed that one. We'll talk about San Diego in a second. I don't think Halifax wanted to be limping into the postseason, and so they don't. They they get a nice win here and finally put up some good offensive numbers. But again, messing with their lineup, and it's just I'm just not a huge fan of teams that are making these sort of changes this late in the game. And like, what does this do for Hill's confidence? What now? do they do now this week, like, Brad? What do they I know do this that's week? the thing. Like, what do you do this week? Do you now give it to? Does Aaron Bold start again? Because. I don't, or do you go back to you go back to Hill? Like, I think you got to go back to Hill. They're playing the Nighthawks here. You got to get him a game and get his confidence back heading into the postseason. No disrespect to Aaron Bull, but they did not bring him in to be their number one guy this season. He's supposed to be a calming influence that could come in and spell Warren Hill, which I think he did this week against the Riptide. And I think a little message being sent here to Warren Hill that. Hey, you haven't been good enough these past few weeks, and we're going to get Boldy a start so you can get your head right so we can play next week and get you right going into the playoffs. Because, again, no disrespect to Aaron Bold, but they're not going anywhere if he's going into the playoffs as their number one. Right, and it's what I'm saying about or do you want to be sending messages to goaltenders with one game left heading into the postseason? Like, I feel that there's too much message sending and lineup tinkering happening in this lineup. And Hey, they got the win. So, you know, they prove, they prove us wrong there, but I just don't know if that's the move you're making. So I do think you have to go back to Hill and go, okay, no, this, like you said, this is our guy. Let's get you a hot game heading into the postseason. And if, and he's on a short leash, if he stinks it up, then they know that they got Aaron bold, but yeah, it's, um, it's it's interesting. Like Sean Evans gets back in, and they finally put up some big numbers around Evie and Cody Jameson was was playing and looks to be healthier heading into the postseason. So, a couple positives here for the Halifax Thunderbirds heading into the postseason, which Shanks is exactly what uh, yeah. what they're going to need. Yeah, I I just I felt like I don't know. I kind of feel the other way, Brad. I think that they did have to send Hill a message because whatever they were doing leading up to this point was not working, and we'll see if this message sent. If in fact that's what it was, works or not, coming into this week, I just think that message sending on the second last game of the season. Well, is when not, else are they going to do it? You, they, well, they should have done it weeks ago. They should have done it when they were losing five straight and and done something then to spark the lineup. And maybe the message sending was LeBlanc and Jackson, and it just fired backfired for a few games, but. You know, I like look at San Diego this week. Something needs to give in San Diego, but they are all about and talking to Pat Merrill and some of the players before the game against Saskatchewan after they lost five straight. They're not tinkering. They're not messing with things. It's all about trust the process for them. And because you can't make changes this late in the season, you got to stick with stick with stick with what you know and have the guys comfortable going into the postseason. Yeah. I don't know, man, that isn't there some sort of saying about expecting different results. If you keep doing the same thing too, though, like, well, they, the definition of insanity yeah, is there you go. doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different so, results. But I mean, yeah, you tell me, 
it's not it's not working. Uh, what what they're doing in San Diego right now, which we'll talk about here in a second. But it was Thompson night in Panther City, Fort Worth, as Jeremy Thompson and the Panther City Lacrosse Club welcomed Brother Miles and Brother Lyle to to Fort Worth, and even Heine was uh, in attendance along with Mr. and Mrs. Thompson, some friends and family as well. And the Thompson boys put on a show, in particular Lyle and Miles, as Lyle, three and four. Miles Thompson, four goals here, Brad. And I don't know if anyone saw this coming from Miles Thompson after missing almost close to two and a half, what a long time. Miles Thompson has been out of the NLL, but comes right back in. Four, four bang here for Miles. And uh, Georgia picks up a real important win here as they knock the rush out of the playoffs as they beat Panther city 12, nine. Yeah. And this helps Georgia's chances as well as they're a game away. I think from, from clinching things, Georgia can clinch an Eastern conference playoff earth with a win versus Philadelphia. So they win and they're in, they can also get in with a loss and an Albany loss versus New York. So some things, there's a big one for Georgia to get one step close. They don't want to be in that eight and 10 mix because you're going to be coming down to tiebreakers and stuff there. So get that ninth win for Georgia, I think was super important. And yeah, there's been some talk for miles. You've been away from the game for that long. What's the fitness level look like? What's the chemistry level look like? But the chemistry is no big deal. Like he's got that built in and these guys got one of the best sticks we've ever seen as far as, how he's had it in his hand since he was birth from birth and the backyard lacrosse and just the wizardry doesn't go away. And miles Thompson definitely brought that to Fort Worth. He eliminate themselves from the postseason. What a run though, for Panther city to make things interesting. And then another game, a battle of the two non-playoff games this weekend between Panther city and Saskatchewan. That's going to put a lot on the line down there for bragging rights, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, I think this was a nice statement for Georgia who, you know, they've been up and down the last couple of weeks after a big healthy stretch in the middle of the season yeah. for them to put themselves right in the mix. Yeah. So we didn't know it at the time, but Panther city now officially eliminated from postseason play as well. And just to go back to miles, you mentioned the chemistry, like obviously he knows how to work with Lyle Thompson in the offensive end. Just imagine how many pick and rolls those guys have run in the backyard against Hines and, and Jeremy. And just that's the thing with miles is like, I, I watched Lyle throw him a backhand feed kind of blindly after he, he picked up a double. And I don't know how many other guys are expecting that pass to come from Lyle, but miles is expecting it. And that's the difference between being able to catch and quick stick it right away because you know the pass is coming or that pass catching you a little bit by surprise and having to cradle and then shoot. You know what I'm, what I'm saying there? Yeah. And yeah, it's, you it's, have that it's connection, the, it makes all the difference in, in plays like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Mark Matthews too, right? It's, yeah, it's knowing Benny that Mac, we'll Mark to Keenan and yeah. it's going to be there through the middle. Miles Thompson, 40%. He's shooting 40% in mm, his two games. Pretty good. So, you know, not, not, not a lot of rust there for, number two no so three teams remain eligible for two remaining spots it will be an eastern team that crosses over but philadelphia albany and georgia remain alive for two spots one will finish in the east one will finish in the west and one will finish on the outside 
looking in, and we'll talk about all those games coming up here a little bit later in the program as uh, I, I fill for time here because we got one more game to go, and it was the game that you did at the Sastel Center on Saturday night as the Rush wasn't looking good for them in the early going here as they were down at halftime. But a huge second half here. They put up 13 in the second half. And again, man, I, I feel like I'm just dumping all over the seals here the last few weeks, Brad. But they are on an epic slide right now. And Shiliano, who was just in, like, he was at the top of the charts as far as goalies go, holding teams to four goals early in the season just gave up a 17 spot to Saskatchewan on the road near the, this is the worst time of the year to be giving up a game like that. And I, I just, I'm worried about San Diego again, the injuries and the, the goaltending and it is all going wrong for San Diego. And I look at Saskatchewan and go, where was this team all year long? Like nobody wants to play the rush in the playoffs right now. Yeah. This game was bonkers in in a lot of ways you just hit on so many things there first of all the talk during the week with Patrick Merrill because we asked him what he was thinking about Frankie and you know or some of these some of these losses some of these close losses a save away from being wins and he wasn't buying it he and and rightly so he's got all the faith in his goaltender thinks that Frank Ciliano is extremely a hard on himself and an extreme competitor and it's kind of on him to to turn things around, but they didn't feel that that it was Frank's fault in any way. This slide, they thought it's been a little bit of defense here and there. It's been a bit of a snake bitten O, and it's been an injured O. And up until Austin and midway through that game, we're starting to get healthy, and there were some flashes of some really great stuff in that game for San Diego, including that first half where they were up seven four heading into halftime, and then. I kind of thought is will Saskatchewan be scoreboard watching when they go in at halftime. And, you know, I talked to some of the guys at, at the airport after the game and it was starting to go around the room. Like there was a couple of players that did look at their phone and see the score. They didn't brag about it or say anything in the room. It was just kind of like, if there's a guy sitting next to you, you showed him your phone. Okay. This is, is what it is. And so I think some of those guys, knew that that was it at that point and then they came out in the second half and Dilks opens it with a fight then they start swapping goals and chipping away and chipping away and playing uber physical and they were running really good in transition and they were playing like it was some of those guys last game at home I think Corbeil in particular and Shatler in particular and Dilks in particular looked like they had hit another level in that second half. And even the offensive guys like church looking like he was ready to go to work a little bit. So I think they were playing like it was all on the line. If this is our last 30 minutes in front of our home fans, what do we want it to look like? And it looked phenomenal. Like they were unreal in that second half. And I don't think a ton of it was on Frankie. Like they scored, I think three or four in, in transition in the game, which is never easy for a goaltender on a two on one. They were playing good defense on Robert Church, but he's just so creative and so deceptive. He was still able to get some really good shots off and scored some ridiculous goals. Yeah. And they, they just came to play in the second half and shoot made some stops when he needed to. 
and set them apart in that game. So yeah, where was this all year long for Saskatchewan? I think they're playing really loose and refreshed under Jimmy Quinlan, who's his coaching style is kind of, I'm going to pull guys aside and give you some, some sort of one-on-one tips of what you can go in and, and improve on. I think that their guys are really loving that. They're really liking the looseness of, of shoot around and practice and pregame and just the mood around that room. So it's unfortunate that it's the last we're going to see of the rush this season, minus this this mean nothing game this weekend against Panthers. Nah, don't City. say mean nothing, Brad. I hate that term. I hate that term. Okay, well, pride pride game for the Saskatchewan Rush and the Panther City Lacrosse Club. So you know that's sort of the spin on the rush there. It's unfortunate we're not going to see them in the postseason for the Seals. I hope Frankie pulls to put, it together. Tough, I, I really yeah, do. it's tough to put my finger on what is really going wrong because I do think their defense was pretty good at times. I don't think Frankie was letting in a, a ton of softies. No. It's just, you know, Westberg didn't score a goal. Jeremy Noble scored four. Dobie did his thing. Audie did his thing. But, you know, they didn't get a ton. They didn't get the transition help like Saskatchewan got. And and Berg's been quiet at the worst time of the season because he was on an MVP-like tear yeah. in the first half. And they just got to get everybody on the same page on the same night on that offense. And it hasn't happened. At yeah. All. You're not, you're not winning anything if you're giving up 17. So they need to figure that out and, and maybe they will. And they got a game against Vancouver coming up on the road. And I think a home playoff game is on the line here for San Diego. If they can yeah, win San it. Diego, San Diego can clinch the Western conference regular season title. All with three a win teams at Van- are eligible for it, right? Yeah. So San Diego can clinch the Western Conference regular season title with a win at Vancouver and a Colorado loss. They can clinch a home game with a win at Vancouver or a Calgary loss. And Calgary or Colorado can win the West with a win. Yeah, Colorado can clinch the West Division regular season title with a win at Calgary. Calgary can clinch the Western Conference regular season title with a win versus Colorado and a San Diego loss. Um, the other thing I wanted to throw out about this game was, did you see the, let's call it a bench assist from Holden oh Garland? My God. Oh my God. I was shaking my head at this. Like, did that just really happen? Cause you see this from time to time where a ball goes into the bench and, you know, a player will catch it in a stick or catch it in his hand and he'll flip it to a guy. But this legit, created a scoring opportunity and a goal and he passed it to center floor. Like it wasn't a guy right in front of the bench where it was like, okay, here's the ball. Carry on. He, he passed it g- to someone in stride. Like, like tra- I think it was messenger who was transition. running full tilt. So such an advantage to get it to a guy who's on full stride and then to hit Matthews out of the, out of the gate. He takes a shot rebound Lindner scoops it up scores and, and they call it a oh, goal. God, I know that San Diego bench was livid. It's not something you, it's not a reviewable play. Should be. Should yeah. be. So as of right now, the real book, not a reviewable play. What should have happened was is that play was blown dead. The ball was brought into play, rested on the turf. Messenger still could have run onto it um, if the timing was was right, because there is a quick whistle. But the way that it came off the bench, right into Messenger's take, I don't know if the refs saw that and maybe just assumed it was on the turf. But Wild. I, I, I poked around a little bit this week, and the majority of insiders that I spoke to kind of said it was the wrong call. Yeah, 100%. Speaking right. of wrong rough call. replays. It shouldn't, it, it, shouldn't have, it shouldn't have happened. Can't and, happen. Can't happen. Yeah, but it did. Speaking of replays, I think we're both on this soapbox here, Brad. 
I really, 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 really hope they address the time allowed that it takes to review replays. This is going on way too long. It kills the flow of lacrosse, which is one of its biggest enticements, is how quick and fast this game is. And when we're taking two and a half, three, three and a half minutes to watch a review 16, 17 times, enough. If you cannot see conclusive evidence within the first six, seven, eight looks in the first 90 seconds, then call stance, whether you call it a goal or call it a not goal. And yeah, maybe you get it wrong because you do not get the look that you really need to get the call right. But good Lord, people are changing the channel while they sit and watch the same replay six times over. Stop it. Cap the replay and let's get on with it. Call stands if you can't figure it out after 90 seconds. Agreed. And I know the league is looking at it and they do want to do something about it. It's a big thing that that TSN ESPN has brought up because, you know, from a broadcast standpoint, they know that that is not good television when that is when that is going on. But what the league has to do is confirm same angle, same camera, same technology. They, so they're not going to be able to do that until every building has the same standard. Here's what we need. Here's the angles that we need. And then a production crew that knows what they're doing because they know lacrosse and they've done lacrosse before. And then like 90 seconds for the refs to be able to pull it up and look at it. And, and if the GMs and the teams have a problem with inconclusive evidence, then they need to talk to their yeah, their owners and I get it. their buildings to improve it because you got to put a 90 second cap and here's what you got and deal with it. I get it. You want, you want to get the right call, but until we can, there is some arenas that are just amazing at getting the right replay and doing things, Brad, like getting the shot of one angle, freezing it, switching to the other angle at that, point in time and then take it a step further and be able to zoom in on that angle and not every arena not every production crew is able to do that for whatever reason that's above my pay grade but that's the standard we got to get to for it to be right but this this taking of the time it just it kills everything and and that's not what lacrosse is about brad do me a favor right now while i talk about something else and just look up the Las Vegas lacrosse Twitter account who just put out a little teaser. We're recording on Monday. And and just so everybody knows, this podcast will come out on Tuesday. Las Vegas lax is going to, I presume announce their team name probably after we're done recording here, which kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Um, Just have a look at that, that Twitter clip right there for people that haven't seen it yet. It's a, essentially it's a low rider and it's a video of the front wheel that's sporting what they call Brad, what a gold Dana, I believe. Dayton's. 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 So it's clearly gold. It's a low rider coming in hot. Pieces are starting to come together here. Golden Knights in, in Las Vegas for the hockey team there. 
I don't know. I think I think we're on to something. We're all going to find out, well, today when you hear this podcast. Uh, I'm real intrigued to see this. But what I also wanted to mention this here is... This is great um, They've done trickery really well. Yeah. Because if you look at what they put out on April 21st, the tease is canyons. echoing through the canyons. Mm. 426, 22, still coming in hot. And it's a picture of a desert canyon and then a view out into the, the sand and the desert. And then a week later, unapologetic, untamed, and a lowrider on hydros with Dayton's. It looks like it's from the Still DRE video from 1999. Um, so I don't know what those two things have in common. Yeah. They've done a we're great gonna, job. We're going to know a in a few hours here. They've done a really good job. No, like nothing's been leaked. No. And we usually we get it. We get yeah. an inkling, but I don't know anything about colors. I was telling someone over the weekend that I think, and since the Calgary Roughnecks have given up on the red. I would really like wish they would scoop the red because Somebody you need should. a black and a red badass looking team in the National Lacrosse League. Yeah. Desert, gold, hot, low riders, rolling. Going to be interesting. Uh, but what I, I did want to mention was I put out a tweet, I think it was yesterday, about how great it has been just to scroll through the timeline on Twitter and seeing videos from across the country of the kids playing some box lacrosse here in Canada, Brad. Like, two long years of missing this. And I, I went out and, and watched the girls' game on, on Sunday morning. And I'd just kind of forgotten how much I missed that and appreciated that. Just the unabashed girls, boys, the kids out there running around in your local rink playing some box lacrosse. I took this for granted for so long. I'm so happy it's back. And just seeing all the organizations posting their videos and the smiles on the faces and all the rest of it, all these clubs and minor organizations need our support, whether it's just as a fan going to watch, getting your kids back enrolled in the game, or even volunteering as a scorekeeper or, or whatever, please take this to heart and get out and support your local club. Because I, I know me personally, Brad, I really miss this and I'm never taking it for granted again. I plan to be in a rink six, seven nights a week for the next four months. That's all I had to say on that. Uh, let's head for the Stampede Stables. <laughs> <laughs> the sea, the seahorses. Still sounding like I'm cold. <laughs> a little bit, little bit. Uh, that's okay. You can do you, maybe you should like practice while we're not on the air. Just sit in front of the mirror and. Get on YouTube, get some horse noises, and see if you can mimic that. Work. On My it. kids already think I'm nuts. I don't think I'm going to be doing horse sounds into the mirror <laughs> and give them ammunition for the rest of their lives. Work on it. Stampede Stallions, we're here, and I got some new information here from Stampede Tack and Western. Where spring is in the air, time to pack away the toque. And grab yourself a great looking hat from Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Top brands such as Stetson. 
bullhide. How do you not buy that? Bullhide hats. I love it. Bailey and more felt hats, straw hats, palm leaf hats are great in the rain. Or how about something for the golf course? Got that too. Find them at Stampede Tack in Western Wear or out there in Cloverdale since 1966. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Hats galore at Stampede Tack. Brad, your stallion of the week. Port Moody, BC, stand up. And this was funny when we spoke to Dean Farrell last week, who's not from Port Moody, but lives in Port Moody, and told us that there's about eight NLL players that live on his block you know they're walking distance from the port moody uh brewery strip there and it's just becoming a nice spot for people that sort of grew up in coquitlam area to to plant their plant their roots in port moody it's a beautiful beautiful part of the lower man a little far out there but you know you you guys like to stick to that side of the river yeah it's far from ladner it's far from ladner exactly um but port moody stand up bk3 oh yeah bobby kid the third Rookie, second-round draft pick, Saskatchewan Rush. Two goals and an assist, uh, four loose balls, and a cause turnover. And a pretty, probably, a, I'll call it a breakout game for Bobby Kidd the third. who I don't know if a ton of people knew a ton about him being a Western kid playing for the Junior Thunder coming into the National Lacrosse League. But the guy scored 40 goals in 50 games playing both ends in Junior A. Played some senior B this summer for North Shore and was all over the floor doing everything. And the Rush really like what they've got in Bobby Kidd III. And I think he's going to be a fan favorite in Rush Nation. I think he's going to be a fan favorite around the league as he develops and and gets a little older. But two beautiful diving goals oh, in man. transition for Bobby Kidd III, like fearlessly to the net. He's just a great athlete. He's super coachable by all accounts, and he's really buying into the rush system. They've got a real chance to to groom this kid into to an NLL elite. I think we're going to see some special stuff from, from Bobby Kidd III heading forward. And just a quick side note, i got to get all these stories off my chest now that all the TSN sure. broadcasts are done. We're not going to see the rush anymore this season, but you know, Teddy and I spoke to Derek Keenan a couple weeks ago, and he's like, hey, i got a nugget about Bobby Kidd III. He's like, he played football growing up. And Chantel told part of this story on the other night too, that he played football growing up and football was actually his first love and still wants to pursue it. And he went to Derek Keenan, uh, I think it was the lockout or the pandemic year and said, Hey Derek, I, you know, I want to go play junior football. I want to make a run at the CFL. Can I go play junior football? Keenan's like, yeah, it's, you know, we're not playing national lacrosse league right now. It's a great way to stay in shape. Go for it. So he went and played in the Canadian junior football league. And then before this season started, Hey Derek, can I play? Can I play football again? Knowing that the NLL was back full on, and now Derek's like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But he still, he still is, and he does have a football career. But let's hope um, his lacrosse career can can take him full time, and and he can dive full onto that because he's been really fun to watch. Bobby Kidd the third, yeah, is my Stampede Stallion of the Week, and I know you know a lot about him as well, John. I do, and uh, I just happen to call Canadian Junior Football, so. He's unfortunately not going to play for the Langley Rams, who are the defending champions in Canada. He'll play for West Shore, but I'm looking forward to watching BK3 play some ball. I think he either plays defensive back or wide receiver. And the guy's a freak athlete. And and as far as his junior career goes, like he did not play a whole lot of two-way. He would just score goals in transition. And he was just bigger, faster, and better than a lot of players in, in junior lacrosse as he was coming up. And sometimes made the game look easy and sometimes he tried to make it look a little too easy 
I'll say this about Bobby. Um, he, when he came into the league, like I knew what he was about. I don't know if, if Saskatchewan really knew what they were getting when they drafted him. He knew he was a real raw athlete. And sometimes his defensive game would suffer because he wanted to produce in transition and get up there and, and create chances and play some offense. Cause I think he, he really liked scoring goals. And I, I don't want to say that he ever looked at a place early on in the season, but that past game that he just played, he looks real comfortable now and looks like he belongs in the NLL. And I think his confidence has gone sky high from where he started at the beginning of the year to where he is now. Give this kid another offseason to mature, man. Oh. He's, he's going to be a stud in this league for a long, long time if he sticks with lacrosse and, and doesn't pursue football any further. But uh, big fan of Bobby Kidd the third Great selection. I alluded to it earlier, Brad, and Joel Watson is my Stampede Stallion of the week. Shutting the down, the Calgary Roughnecks to seven goals, 50 shots on him. This kid got thrust into a real difficult position this year. And there were some real struggles early on in, in those first few games for Joel Watson. But now I'm saying this guy's a bonafide number one in the NLL. The way he has progressed in a short amount of time, his confidence is now up. I know the wins haven't been there, but he looks real comfortable in an NLL net now and picked up his first victory for the Nighthawks and only allowed seven. So, and that's against the defending champions on a five-game win streak. Joel Watson, you're my Stampede Stallion of the Week. Welcome to the stable. What do you think? Raps, raps, raps. Look at Orleman. Look at Demude. Look at young goaltenders that are flourishing this year in the National Crossing more so than ever. And, yeah, we have more teams than ever. We're going to have another one next year. But it's great to see these young goaltenders having success. I've been calling this the year of the young goaltender because so many of these storylines – have been built around these guys, but they're getting opportunities this year, like more so, more so than ever. And, and they're coming to with more reps. You're going to, you're going to get better. Right. And we're seeing these guys develop over the course of a season. So nice to see him get that monkey off his back and his first win. And in dramatic fashion, there were some good saves in that lacrosse game. And that's team that's been through Evan Kirk leaving to go become a police officer mid season, Hartley leaving with injury. And now, Watson knowing that, Hey, I got to be the guy right now. And I've got a couple more games to prove myself because, you know, does he get protected now by Rochester? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Six, four, three Oh eight, Brad, man, after my own heart there for Joel Watson. Listen, we are uh, just about 45 minutes in. We got two great conversations coming up as well. So buckle up. We got a big, long program coming up here for you for ep 181 let's get to break and let's welcome chantel chan to lax class for the first time it's coming up next quarter two ep 181 lacrosse flash podcast network hey this is dean farrell from the panthers lacrosse club you're listening to lax class Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we hit the second quarter of action here on EP181. Jay Kelly, Brad Schellner, and Rycor Construction with us as always. 
Rycor Construction, family-owned, operating out of the Lower Mainland, specializing in all residential interior and exterior renovations, kitchens, bathrooms, floorings, decks. Something simple as a fence. Over 15 years of experience in the construction industry. Give the folks at Rycor Construction a ringle, and they'll hook you up. They'll help you out. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram as well. And then you know what you're getting yourself into, and that's fine quality craftsmanship, courtesy of Rycor Construction. They make it stand out. This girl that's joining us here on Wax Class stands out as well. Not only is she the TSN Game of the Week Western Sideline Reporter, along with the Sideline Reporter for the Vancouver Warriors, but she's also doing Major League Soccer, Fraser Valley Bandits. She's got a couple of podcasts on the go as well. She's literally taken over the landscape here for females in Vancouver sports. It's Chantel Chan on the podcast. Welcome to Lax Class. How are you? Oh, thanks for having me, guys. It's quite the honor. Oh, not to mention, it. not stop. to mention major hip hop head. Oh, you yes. put that in the yes. intro as well. When I'm looking for something <laughs> to bump on the way to the rink. Or I need to know, like, you know, I'm, I'm an old, um, what, what do they call me? I'd be an old head when it comes to rap music. Yes. So I'm always asking Chantel, what's uh, what's the newest and the best? Well, who, what is the newest and the best? Yeah, who's, who's your favorite, like, current rappers right now? Current? Oh, I just want to say I did put uh, Brad onto some really good dad rap. Remember that uh, loot album I told you about? That was, that was like, sick, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was really good lyrically. Um, I, I think you guys know I like J. Cole a lot. Um, so J. Cole's probably like my favorite right now, currently. Um, and he's like kills every verse, like every verse that he features on. So I'd probably say him. Okay. I gotta, I'm gonna go download some J. Cole after this. Uh, you like a, <laughs> l- a little round ball as well, Chantel, and uh, NBA playoffs are in full swing here. Uh, who are you picking for the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the year? This one's really, really hard, but I think I'm gonna roll with if they stay healthy. And the way that they're playing right now, probably Miami. Mm. And their odds are actually not the favorite. They're like number one in the Eastern Conference and no one was picking them to win. Because everybody was like Brooklyn and Phoenix. Phoenix doesn't have Devin Booker. So, but here's the thing. If the Warriors are healthy, then I would go with Golden State. Because like right now they look unbeatable. So I think it will be the Warriors in Miami in the final. Boston looking pretty good. Boston looking pretty good. They do. They do. But you know what? Like, I think it like experience will catch up to them. Because they, yeah, I think it it will be come down to experience and then like the Warriors will win it all. So, okay, well, settle down here, guys. This isn't uh, NBA classified. (laughs) This is lacrosse. She is well versed in all sports, Brad, and I have a bit of a vested interest in in, uh, some NBA basketball. Jumbo Bucks. Wait, who are are you going for? Who are you going for? Well, not the Celtics because I hate those guys. I'm actually a Lakers fan and I'm a little bit ashamed to, to admit that. But this dates back to the 80s, Chantel. I'm no fair weather LeBron like this. I'm going worthy, mad showtime, Korea, all that. So uh, tough year for the Lakers. But like Brad said, let's move on from basketball. I don't really care who wins, to be honest with you. Okay, but by the way, his uh, lacrosse classified stamp is purple and gold. So that explains everything now. <laughs> now I know why right, you went yeah. with that color scheme. There's a yeah. few meanings behind that. Coquitlam Adnax, uh, yes. Iroquois Nationals, of course, as well. And uh, yeah, Lakers. A lot of good teams in the purple and gold. Chantel, are Vancouver Warriors not in the postseason? Um, where do you see sort of the, the wheels falling off of this, this wagon this year? What to you is the biggest difference of why they are not making the postseason, like our Calgary's and our Colorado's and our San Diego seals uh, are in the Western division. 
I think it just comes down to them closing games and not being able to hold on to leads. This year, I think we can all agree. I've been covering the team since since the 2017-2018 season. This is the best defense they've ever had. Like the Warriors look really, really good defensively, but there were some games that they just could not get it done. And I think it was the game that was most disappointing for me was the one at home against Toronto. Because that was the game where I think it was the turning point of the season because they came back the week after and they won. But the way that they lost that game on their home floor kind of told me where the season was going to go because Toronto mopped the floor with them. And at the time, Vancouver got off to a really good start. They were on the road, you know, got a, took a couple of losses, came back. And I was like, you know what? They have to win this game. They're at home. They're going to play well. And then I know that they had guys step up when Mitchie got hurt. Um, but like Hal Killen has had an incredible season. He's been the best player to watch this season. And I think the Mitch Jones loss hurt them a lot, to be quite honest with you, because yeah, the guys picked up where they needed to, but at the end of the day, like they just couldn't hold on to leads. And sometimes the Warriors best defense is their offense. So that's what kind of, I feel happened this season. And it's disappointing because I really thought at the beginning of the year, when they got off to that great two and zero start, I was like, Oh, this is the year they, they make the postseason and they can hang with anyone. Um, And I did have a little bit of hope after that San Diego game. Cause that was that, that to me was the best win they ever had at Rogers, the way they came back in that game and beat the top team in the West at the time. I was like, you know what? Maybe this is, this is another turning point, but yeah, it's, it's disappointing, but hopefully they can end off the season on a positive note. Yeah. For me, it was that the loss in Calgary and overtime that really kind of sealed their fate. But with that being said, Chantel, what would you like to see Vancouver do here in the off season? They're going to get a, a high draft pick, either three, four, or five. If, if my buddy Evan Sheminara's math is correct, depending on what happens in the final week of the regular season here. So we know they're getting a top five pick. Is So where would you like to see them go with that draft pick and then maybe supplement the lineup uh, through free agency or a trade or something? What What do you think Vancouver needs to put them over the hump? And, and this is no like disrespect to obviously, uh, you know, a guy like Steve Fryer or Bouquet, but maybe like let's look at goaltending. I think that's a big issue because the defense is solid and – Sometimes I think that might be the issue for them. So I wouldn't mind them going for a goaltender. I know that's like not usually like the best thing, but they're, they're coming together defensively, offensively, they have the pieces. So what, what is really missing? That's like the big question for the Warriors. I think, and every season we kind of said prior, like, you know, maybe they don't have the defense, but that's just not the issue this year. So I would probably say like, let's look in net and let's see what you guys can pick up. I think they're going to be able to pick up some good guys in the off season as well to have more depth. But um, I really, really hope that I root for Chris Gill a lot just because he's such a good guy. So I really want him to have a winning season in Vancouver. No, it's a great point on the goaltending front Chantal. And it's just such a tough spot to develop in the national lacrosse league. There's going to be so many teams vying for UFA goaltenders this summer and it's tough to use a, an early first-round draft pick on a goaltender, too, because it's such a gamble. You don't see teams do it very often. So I think Vancouver Warriors are going to have the work cut out for them this summer trying to find a goaltender if they do want to stock up there. But you talk to these guys on, on a weekly basis, Chantal. I know you've told some great stories about Keegan Ball this year. And maybe elaborate on that, how through talking to him, how he's explained his leap from street free agent to NLL elite and now a legit in any other season, probably a top 
MVP candidate um, if Dane Smith wasn't doing his thing. But, you know, you, you, yeah. you're pretty close to Baller this year in the conversations you guys have had. What's, uh, what's he attributing his, his jump in production to? Well, I think the one thing that you guys have know really well in, and that you probably notice is that Keegan is probably the most humble guy of all time. Like he's the most humble guy in the league. So anytime we talk about when we were talking about his upbringing and his background, he did mention like he didn't get to go to, you know, that top school in the States. Like he went to a division two school in Cleveland and helped build that program. And he had a great career there. And then he comes into this warriors team where we know that they had a guy like Logan Shust, who's been like a staple for Vancouver for a really long time. And then they brought in Mitch Jones and they were like this ultimate duo. And then, you know, that one season, like Jordan McBride had a really, really good season, but Keegan was like right there as well. And this year he just kind of talked about how during the pandemic, like he always had his stick in his hand. And he's the one that told me, actually, he said, when you're not playing lacrosse, the one thing that kind of keeps you in lacrosse shape is like always just having the stick in your hand. Like if you have the stick in your hand, you're going to be able to still do lacrosse things on the floor. And so that's what he did. And he talked about like grinding up uh, and Squamish going to quest field, like rain, snow, shine, like sunshine, anything. And he just kept on, he put the net out, he brought his own net and he would just take shots. And I thought it was like really motivational, actually, just everything that he went through. And he talked about this season and he didn't actually take any credit. <laughs> he gave all the credit to his teammates and what Chris Gill is putting together. And um, he also even talked about his relationship with Chris Gill that I thought was really cool. Um, Chris Gill is probably like one of the coolest coaches in the league. And he was talking about how Gilly actually like will listen to the guys and take in everything that they're saying. And Keegan will be like, you know, sometimes like, um, I'll have an idea or something and I'll bring it to Chris Gill and he'll be totally cool with it. So not only has he taken the role of like being the superstar for this Warriors team, but he's also like, if you think about it, also transitioning into being like, Hey, Gilly, like I've, I got an idea that maybe we can use, which is really interesting. Cause that's a whole nother level. I think when you, when you jump to that type of elite level. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we speak with Chantel Chan here and the other thing, like Keegan does is just works his tail off. And there was a time you guys where he was ready to just kind of walk away from lacrosse after being cut a couple of times by Vancouver in the stealth days and not making it back in Alberta. He just kind of thought, okay, like maybe this isn't going to work out for me. And then the call from Dan Richardson and one more opportunity. And that's when he really made the most of it. And, and Chantel, you mentioned you've been around this Warriors team since 2017 now, and, and I don't know really how much you knew about the National Lacrosse League or lacrosse in general before your time starting to work with the club, but maybe since that time, like what didn't you know about the game that you know now? Well, I had a pretty uh, a pretty good run during college because I got to do the Coquitlam Junior Adnex Lacrosse with like Teddy and Brody. So that was my first introduction to it, to be honest. And this is kind of a cool story. So I had no idea about lacrosse at the time when I was in college back in like 2009. I never got to play it because it was something like an East fan. Like, you know, I didn't know anyone that played lacrosse, to be quite honest with you. 
And it was like an extracurricular sport where at the time, like I didn't have those opportunities to do. I played whatever was free and that was like basketball um, at in high school. So um, I remember I was in college and like there was this opportunity. I think Brad was the guy. I found this out. Brad was the guy that came and was like, hey, we're going to be doing, um, you know, you'll get an opportunity to cover lacrosse. And, uh, you know, they had different teams and everything like that. And um, I got paired up with Teddy Jenner and Brody. And Brody I was who? Producer. Who am I missing out on here? Brody who? Brody Harms. Don't that's remember. His, uh, don't remember. Um, is that sarcasm? I don't know. No, no. Well, I honestly, like, I, I maybe I should, I, but okay. He has a big. He has a big morning show in Winnipeg, correct, Brad? Like he's doing. I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. He did, but yeah. So this is. I came in to Columbia Academy, the broadcasting school. What I had went like two years before Chantel and Teddy. And I was doing junior Adnac games. And then I was sort of tasked with, okay, now that you're the Adnac, I was, I was doing play-by-play at the time. We want you to, you know, assemble the team to do the intermediate A's and then build your team for the ah, junior A's. Okay. And so I came into the spiel at the college and I remember this. Cause I remember like I was explaining to the cl- students in the class, you know, that didn't know about lacrosse, like it's got some basketball as- aspects to it. And I saw Chantel's eyes perk up and she's like, Oh, <laughs> you know, and you're relating it to basketball a little bit. Okay. I see what you're yeah. talking about. And then Teddy was of course sitting there arms crossed. Like, don't, don't tell me anything about lacrosse that I don't already know kind of thing. But we, yeah, we put together the team for Chantel to do sideline stuff for Teddy and Brody Harms, who was doing color, I think. And yeah. he ended up being a big, big shop morning radio guy in, in Winnipeg. Can now. I, can I circle this around total fun factor? So part of the reason that I think Brad got asked to do play by play for the junior Adnacks is because <laughs> I was actually coaching the junior Adnacks the previous year and had recently just been fired from coaching. And I don't think the general manager who was our buddy Ken Wood at the time, Felt too comfortable about calling me up to come and announce junior ad next games just after firing me as a coach, which opened the door for one Brad Challenger to step in. And as they say, the rest is history. See, it all works out. Um, it all works out. But yeah, so Teddy, so after Brad came, gave the spiel and he did mention basketball. And I was like, this is interesting. Um, then Teddy actually invited a bunch of us over to his house and played his old lacrosse games and taught us. <laughs> Oh, of course he did. Of course. And taught us about the game and like lent us DVDs. And so that was like my first introduction that season to lacrosse. However, um, getting into the National League, of course, my first experience was actually with you guys. I don't know if you remember, but you guys used to do games for the stealth on 1410 oh, yes. and I was I was the operator and producer for one of your guys's games and it was my first game actually and so that was also my introduction to the league was doing that game which is really full circle for me so that's why this season was extra special because I was uh, reporting on your guys's games of course doing sideline as uh you know one of your guys's buddies on the broadcast so that was really cool for me now you've taken over the world but back to my <laughs> original question here is is what didn't you really know about the national lacrosse league that you've come to know now like how good these players are or how fast the game is or how deep the the roots run as far as the sport goes here in the province something like that I think how deep the roots run I you know like I heard about Coquitlam being a a lacrosse bad Peterborough like as we were talking a little bit off air I didn't know how much of like a family tie it was for a lot of the guys that are playing and 
actually how those guys have kind of taken it underneath their wing and they're like helping grow the sport. Like that's probably one of the most incredible parts of being a part of the national lacrosse league is all the work the guys do off the floor to grow the sport. And I think they've done a really good job of it. Also how fast the game is like, you know, it's, it's completely fast. The broadcast too, like we, sometimes we can't even get enough stories in because the game is moving so fast. And also just the fact that I didn't, I had no idea, but the guys all have other jobs full time while they're lacrosse players. Like I didn't know that going into covering the sport. Um, so that's something I hope can change, you know, in a few years. And I, I was speaking to Zach Courier not too long ago, and that's one of his goals is to hopefully have like all these like 300 guys only focus on lacrosse. Um, so yeah, those were a couple of things that were something that I realized while working in the league. Let's hope that for the players, let's hope that for us in the broadcast booth as well. I love to see longer seasons and more games. And that's, that is definitely the goal down the road, Chantel. Um, you know, you talked about all the good stories that we don't have time to slip in to a broadcast and that's starting to drive me nuts recently. So like yesterday, I think this weekend, Sunday morning, I tweeted out a story about the connection between Brody Merrill and Jimmy Quinlan, because we just couldn't get to it. And I was like, yeah, this story needs to be told. Um, do you have a good untold story from maybe last weekend or even the weekend before that we never got to that you think the people uh, need to hear about? Oh man, I have, I have a bunch, but I think this is a good one to obviously hear. Cause it just happened. It was the Westberg story. Um, and this kind of relates to what we were just talking about, how he is in San Diego with the team. He works for the team and then he runs the junior lacrosse, like the junior seals program. And they're just trying to like grow lacrosse in San Diego. And he talked about like giving a bunch of kids down their opportunities to play lacrosse that wouldn't get the opportunities to maybe play a sport even. And they're growing the game down there. And there was like a bunch of pictures of the junior seals lacrosse program that I thought was neat. And I wanted to tell that story a lot because like I mentioned, these guys do so much off the floor that I don't think it gets enough attention. Good Coquitlam boy as well, Chantel uh, yes. Wesleyberg. And you, you said you went to Columbia School of Broadcasting, which sadly I don't even think exists anymore, right? No. Is that? Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, our, our, our degrees are meaningless. Yeah, hey? Pete Chad yeah, just could, still put it on my resume, though. Couldn't keep it going. <laughs> but obviously it was something that you knew you wanted to do from, I don't know what, what the age was, Chantel, but you'd, I assume, always had a passion for sports and you wanted to get into the, to the industry. Tell me how you walked down that road. Like, what made you say, I want to become a sports broadcaster? Oh, this is like a stupid story that you guys are going to be like, this is so dumb. So when I was six years old, um, there used to be the show because this is like before the Grizzlies, actually. So every morning I would wake up at like 630 a.m. and watch NBA Inside Stuff with Ahmad Rashad and Summer Sanders. And then after 830 at 9 o'clock. Hannah Storm they, in there as well, Chantel. Let's not forget about Hannah Storm. Yeah, of course. Of course. That was a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm, old. I'm, old. I'm old. I'm old. Um, I do remember Hannah Storm for that. And they used to do like all these cool videos and stuff like that. And then at nine o'clock, there'd always be the Knicks or the Bulls play NBA on NBC. So after that, I saw that show as a kid, I was like, I can totally do this. Um, and then when I graduated, I was like, yeah, I definitely want to go into broadcasting. But that was the spark actually was okay. NBA inside stuff. There you go. Favorite player to watch since your time in the league? Dane Doby easily. First well, time I saw him play in Vancouver when he was part of the Calgary Roughnecks, I was like, this guy is unstoppable. He's so quick. He's fast. Like nobody could guard him. He has like the, he's light on his feet and like he has this quick step where like he's unguardable. And even like we saw him do it this past weekend and uh, 
honestly, like I got to finally chat with him like one-on-one and it was like something off my bucket list. Cause to me, he's my favorite player. As soon, as soon as I saw him play live, I was like, this guy's a beast. And he's like, he's not like that tall or big, but he's like super athletic and like, he's so skilled. And he's like, I think he's the funnest guy to watch in the league. Not, not bad for a guy with a barrel either. Uh, according <laughs> to, to business, your favorite city to, to call a game from. Vancouver. <laughs> Come on. Vancouver. Second, second favorite city. Second favorite. City. Hey, Rush Nation treated us pretty well this this yeah. this year, Chantel. You know what? I would probably go with Sask. Yeah. I had a I Sask was really cool. The fan base is awesome. So I'd say number one, Vancouver, because I think I, I think Vancouver's underrated to watch a game, to be honest with you guys. Yeah. Like it's the best ticket in town to see a lacrosse game. It beats the white caps, it beats the Canucks, it beats the Lions. Like there's no doubt about it. It's the best ticket in town. Yeah, I think word's starting to get out too now. There was some really phenomenal shows that they put on, the throwback night and country night, and the themes I think have gone a long way. Five dollar beers. I helps. seriously oh, yeah, hope it's, it's rib been, night this week, Brad. You guys are gonna well, be in Calgary. I'm not there. And I'm, better not be rib no, night. No, no, this is why I'm hoping it's there. rib night. Yeah. Wait, wait, you guys still get to eat the media pregame meal? Where is you're more than on? welcome to come upstairs. I don't know. You have never I didn't s- even know they were doing that. Yeah. Now I feel <laughs> now I'm sad yeah, that you guys are gonna get yeah, media you're, meal. You're, you're two, you're two floor levels down there. That's, that's your home. You're not stretching. Get out of your cocoon there, yeah. Best, um, best, best chirper or maybe just oh. most chirpiest player down there? Oh, man. Um, I Obviously, I've covered more Warrior games, so I'm going to go with a Warriors guy. That has to be – now it's Tyrell, obviously, because um, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people go at Tyrell a lot, but oh. Owen Barker is still my favorite. Yeah. Craziest. Like Owen Barker is great. Yeah, he's he's good. But craziest, like we're on a podcast here, so anything goes. But most offside thing you've heard somebody say to somebody else. Well, I, I told Brad this the other day, and it has to do with Tyrell. I, I forget who it was, um, but it was someone on the Seals. Because like those games, I don't know what it is about the Seals. Anytime they play someone in the West, it's like the it's the craziest game ever. But um, someone said to Tyrell, "You gonna go make those uh, TikTok videos, huh? What are you? Who are you?" And I thought I was like. What? Like, this is a TikTok disc? So it was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing worse than I'm a sure, TikTok disc. My right? goodness. I'm sure he hears it all the time. Yeah. Of course, we're not going to be there this weekend, Chantel. We'll be in Calgary, the Roughnecks taking on the Colorado Mammoth. We've seen the Seals up close and personal this year. Um, I guess of those three teams in the West, who is your favorite to come out of the West division in a potential championship game? Okay, so I have two picks. So one one is like who I'm going <laughs> there's for. Only with three my, teams you can't no, pick. But there's, two. There, there's two picks because one is like I'm go I'm rooting for with my kind of my heart because there's someone that I like I'm rooting for on the team. Um, which is of course like Brody Merrill, because like we talked about him not winning a championship yet. And so I think that would be really, really cool. And I just love the way the SEALs play, to be honest with you. Like they play with so much intensity and um, like a guy like Dane Doby, he's one of my favorite players on the team. I would love to see him win it again. So I'm being a fan when I say the SEALs, but I just think the Mammoth are stacked. Like when I look at the Mammoth and everything that they do, they have good scoring um, options. They have one of the best goaltenders in the league and he's been one of the best for a while now. And then defensively, like they're really solid as well. So I have Colorado winning it all and heading there, but I would like to see San Diego make it just because I I like a lot of the players on the team as a fan. And then who are they, Colorado and who in the final and is it going three, who's winning the chase for the championship? (sighs) 
it's hard to not go against the bandits, everything that we've seen them do all year long. Um, but I think, I think a West team is going to get it done. I do think it's going to be Colorado and, and the bandits in that final. And I think it's going to be a really good one, a very tight series because both teams are physical, but I have the, I have the mammoth winning it all just because I think oh. they have all the pieces and uh, the season that they've had rematch of 2008, if I'm not mistaken, Brett. Six with Jeff Chatler, as he was telling us, uh, as he was telling us earlier, 2006, 2006. final Colorado beat Buffalo. That, that the league, I was trying to think about this the other day. Like, if you're sitting back from a league standpoint, if you're well, there's no commissioner right now, um, but if you work for the league and just what's best for the game, I was trying to think what two cities they would like to see there, and <laughs> Colorado, Colorado and Buffalo is probably right at the yeah, top of the list. Calgary you're gonna get the right most yeah. most butts in the seats. I would like to see Toronto get there i really think it'd be good for for that market in the league and for nll yeah. on tsn and just lacrosse in canada for upper decks uh, opening like, up ter- in and toronto and toronto's gonna get the most media buzz and the most media coverage if they get there so like selfishly from a tsn standpoint calgary versus toronto would be a so good. would be an awesome i also think from a league standpoint that'd be really well too because those calgary is also a place that puts yeah. more butts in the seats than almost almost anybody else. They'd sell out yeah. the, the first yeah. Ontario Centre. If, if Toronto was in the final, the Hammer would open up that top deck and they would sell that sucker out. I have no doubt in my mind about that. I think San Diego, Toronto would be cool too, just because like what oh. it would do for San Diego. Who doesn't want to go play a game there, like the nice weather and the fact that they're just trying to grow the sport there. Like imagine if it's the Seals knowing that, you know, they are not too far along from being that expansion team when they came into the league and like, had a great season. So um, I think the Seals in Toronto would be crazy and, and fun to those watch. Those two teams played a regular season game and it got pretty nasty between yeah. the yeah. Seals and the Rock. They do not, they do not like each other. Those two the teams. The Seals, Seals don't like anybody. I was just going to say, Seals don't have any friends right now. They're, yeah. They've got like that game against Sask last weekend was a playoff game and it was physical. And now they've got to go play Vancouver. Who's pissed off and wants to ruin San Diego's season. Yeah. Like, do we? Do you guys think we see Austin Stotts this weekend? Is it worth putting him out there? Well, they when they're the, heading to if, the if there, when they're heading to the playoffs. If there wasn't a home playoff game on the line for him, I would say no. But there is, and I think they desperately want the home playoff game. So I think he plays. I I mean I got to piggyback of what Jake said, but at the same time, I think San Diego can do it without Austin Stotts. Like they have enough pieces, and defensively, like they've been playing great all season long. I'm more curious to see what Frank does in net. Yeah. 17 that's, goals is not going to cut it in the like that. That's the thing. I think what's going on in net for San Diego has been the biggest story because Frank came out super hot in the beginning of the season and they kind of looked untouchable. And then I think because it is a long season, it kind of took a little bit of a toll on him. So that's probably the biggest question for San Diego, in my opinion. Yeah, I think. You're yeah, and Vancouver has always had his number. There's players that have played with him. Keegan Ball Juno. played on the same junior team as Frank Shiliano. Logan Schuss has been scoring goals on Frank Shiliano since they were kids, you know? So it's a team that has a really good scouting report on Frank. And yeah, Vancouver's beat them twice this weekend. So yeah, I know that playoff game is super important. I just, my stomach hurt watching Audie limp off the yeah. floor. And then when he came back, I was like, I know you want to win this game, but the way that he goes, like you have to think he managed that workload. Maybe he plays, but it's just, maybe it's limited Four lefties 
And if there's any inkling of Vancouver going at him too hard, or if he's starting to get hurt a little bit, you gotta you gotta make him miss some shifts because he's too valuable for the postseason. Could be Vancouver f- will Vancouver will go at him hard, which brings me to a story oh, yeah. like Austin Sott's first game there. Brody Merrill and Chris Gill stood up on the benches and like yelled at each other because the Warriors were like going at Austin Sots and just like taking him out at every chance that they got. And uh, yeah, Coach Merrill got like. Yeah, he was he was pretty angry. So yeah, they're gonna go at Austin changed. Sots either way. They hate each other, yeah. those two teams. I'm here for it. You guys will be in Calgary. I'll be uh front and center for that one. Have have a great call there this weekend, guys. Chantel, this was fantastic. Thanks so much for doing this. It's been a pleasure working games with you all season long, and uh can't wait to see what the future brings for you. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me on. It's something I checked off my bucket list. Actually, I saw, I I saw the social media posts with the folder. I was like, Oh, I'm like a, I'm like a legit lax person. (laughs) now." Profile pick. There you go. (laughs) Exactly. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. And Jake, uh, pleasure working with you this year. That was honestly like something to check off my bucket list as well. After like helping produce some things you did at TSN 1040 back in the day, but to work lacrosse games with you and Brad, it's been awesome. So I'm um, looking forward to next year. Can't wait. Uh, there you go, Brad. Chantel Chan in 2017. It's Brittany, still well. We'll see. Bring so. the ox cable. We'll see you Friday, Chantel. <laughs> the ox cable. Right, just tell me what you, you want to listen to. Just I'm, tell me this time, all right? It won't be all gangster rap. All oh, right. I see. <laughs> it has to be. It has to be. You're running things. On. I see what's going on here. Thanks a lot, Chantel. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye, guys. There you go, Brad. Chantel Chan. Uh, you've known her for a long time, and and I have as well. I forgot about the stealth uh, producing days back at the LEC there when, when we first met Chantel. And she's turned herself into to quite a celebrity around town here. Whitecaps, bandits, warriors. I'm assuming it's only a matter of time before she takes Dan Murphy's job at the Canucks. Right? Better hair than Dan Murphy. I don't know what's going on there sometimes, but uh, no, Chantel is amazing. I love her passion for the game and she brings this, and we've had a lot of conversations off the air. Like she brings swagger to it. Like some of her interview questions are kind of, kind of swaggy and kind of cool. And the way that she can describe a guy like Dane Doby. And I know she's a big fan of Kyle Killen because of the way that he carries himself on the floor and, you know, sort of bringing that, that hip hop and NBA attitude to the national lacrosse league has been super refreshing and is making her uh, a real star and one of the faces of the sport on, on the broadcasts. You know what I respect most about Chantel is that she loves sports and she clearly watches sports and gets sports and is passionate about sports, but it's not something that I would say every sideline reporter, not only in lacrosse, but across the landscape does or is you know what i'm saying there sometimes it's more about who you know or whatever but clearly chantelle has immersed herself in sports culture and she gets it and she's passionate about it and that comes through when she's in front of the camera well and she does her homework she talks and that's a bun that's apparent too right she's talking to coaches and players multiple players and coaches leading up to, to each and every game and and it shows with the knowledge that she that she talks about here and talks about on a broadcast and you could spot it from a mile away those who do and those who don't no doubt about it great conversation there with Chantel Chen it's time for halftime and we got a future hall of famer coming up on the other side number 77 in your lucky program Saskatchewan Rush Jeff Shatler will join us on Lax Class next keep it right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network Associated Labels and Packaging. 
a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is NLL Hall of Famer Sal LaCasio. You're listening to Lax Class on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we move into second half action here. Quarter three is afoot. Uh, Jake Kelly, Brad Schellner with you. And with us from day number one, Associated Labels and Packaging. I know they just finished up a big trade show over the weekend. I saw my man Tosh uh, lingering. I don't know where they were, but uh, maybe down in Vegas. They seem to head down there quite a bit. But if you need a label or a package, head down to Coquitlam or find them online at AssociatedLP.com. LP, labels and packaging, makes sense, and they're good people, focusing on ethics and quality, and of course, family-owned, over 40 years of experience in the business. This man's got a lot of years in the business as well, but it is his final year as a player. As we welcome back to Lax Class, he needs no introduction. Uh, we could probably run down the resume here, Shots, but everybody knows what you've accomplished in your illustrious career Welcome back to Lax Class, man. How's it going? I'm good, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Well, it is always a pleasure to talk lacrosse with you. And it was a pleasure to watch you you play at Sastel on the weekend. Uh, you came up with a big game and a big victory for your rush. I know, you know, not the season you guys were looking for, but um, that one had to feel pretty good going out on top at home in your final home regular season game. Yeah, it was uh, it was a really cool experience. It was a class act by the organization, and you know what they were doing before and after, and the boys all sitting on the floor with me. It was uh, it was a, an experience that I'll uh, I'll always remember, and uh, you know I'm glad that I got to play one more in front of the in front of the Rush Nation. Uh, it's a pretty cool place to play, and they've uh, they've taken me in and taken my family in, uh, the family, and you know from the old owners to the new ones. You know, it's just been uh, a really great experience. Um, career playing for the rush um, as well as playing for the Calgary Roughnecks those two teams you know those are those are homes to me and, and uh, you know I've had a had a good run um, you know it was a really really cool cool night cool experience for me pretty cool it gets immortalized on national television as well as our our partner Chantel Shan getting soaked there with you with the, <laughs> the Gatorade jug she'll be forever immortalized there with you two shots but just talk about the last last few games we want to get into the whole career but just these last three games under head coach Jimmy Quinlan now looks like a bit of a refresh group and something excited that the rush nation can get excited about is this group looks like they're having some fun again and looks loose. What what's changed for you guys in the last three games? Uh, I, I, I honestly don't know. We always had the, 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 the tools to do the job, you know, and we just had some bad luck. You know, I think we're more composed uh, with Jimmy behind uh, the bench, but you know, Bubs was a great coach too. And, we, it can't be all on him at all. Um, you know, we uh, we didn't do our jobs in the first half of the season uh, as, a, as, a, as a group, as a collective group. And, you know, Jimmy just put pulled the reins in and, and he keeps us composed and, and you know, tempers are, uh, our tempers don't get too high or too low. I think we got um, on the on the on the roughs backs a lot earlier in the season and, and it took us off our our main goal and our objective of winning games. Uh, we started blaming other people and other like, teams and refs and. 
uh, we weren't taking taking a look at ourselves. Um, you know, unfortunately, we're, we're probably one of the hotter teams in the league right now, and uh, unfortunately, we only have one game left. So, you know, a little a little too late. Um, but it was still bittersweet to uh, to go and beat San Diego in the last one, and and uh, Vancouver, and we're, we're we're winning games against even Colorado and stuff like that. So. You know, we had that. We had the tools. We always did. Uh, we just, uh, I think, maybe we just believed in it. We, uh, it was like the monkey off our back type thing. You know, we weren't, uh, you know, put so much pressure on us. You know, we have to win. We have to win. We were just like, all right, this is going to cross. So, I think that has a lot to do with it for sure. And just before we get into to the entire career here, Jeff, I know you had uh, your wife Lindsay and a bunch of family members, but I, I thought. The, maybe the most special thing of it all was seeing Jason Jacks come onto the turf and kind of jump into your arms there while you were getting interviewed. And at the end of the day, like those are the memories that are going to stick with you till the end of time. Oh, hundred um, percent. You know, I, when the boys come down to the games, I try to get them in the dressing room and, you know, so they, I remember when I was a kid, my dad would bring me to the hockey room. Right. And I'd sit down with the fellows and, those are memories that I still remember. Um, so it's, it's nice to, uh, you know, share those memories with my, with my little guys. And that was another thing like COVID. I didn't want COVID to end my career. Um, and I also wanted my boys to remember me playing. So, you know, my little guy loves bruiser, loves the Hulk, you know, he's, he's, he's pounding his chest after goals and he's dancing. He's like, he's all into it. Right. So, you know, the next time I'll be in that rink, I'll be a fan. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this next chapter. He has his first lacrosse uh, practice tomorrow afternoon and, and you coaching uh, one, one. you coaching uh, i'm trying to stay away from it to be honest with you because uh, i want him to you know have his own path his own journey right I, yeah my dad was my coach right and and it's and it's tough right it's tough on father and son relationships especially in the rink and on the bench and you know it does it's not easy no i think that's you know? the right decision man i think that's the right de- there'll be time for that as he gets a little older as well so we speak with jeff shatler here and you mentioned covid ending your career or potentially ending your career. And I know the thought of retirement's been in the back of your mind for a few years now, Shots. And COVID had a, t- took a toll on, on some veteran players in our league. And, and I think you were one of them. Like that two-year gap was a long one. And it's hard to keep yourself mentally and physically game ready for what it takes to, to play at the level that I know you wanted to play at. But you seemingly, like, I don't know, I'm watching you, man, and you're getting better as the year has gone along. But how difficult was it for you to not only have those two years off, but then come back at your age and all, you know, the wear and tear and all the rest of it and try and ramp back up to, to get to the level that you want to play at? Yeah, it was uh, it was a learning curve, honestly. You know, I, I've, I've played sports year-round my whole life. And then all of a sudden, you know, I get, I get pretty much a season and a half off. And, you know, those, those are, this is some key games in my career. Like I, you know, reaching uh, certain, certain uh, milestones you know, points and milestones and stuff like that. So yeah. it's unfortunate. It really is. Uh, that, that really sucked. But, you know, I, I was, I had my stick in my hand all the time. I was always doing uh, camps and I was still, we're doing 10, 10 athletes at a time. And so I did have my stick in my hand most of the time, uh, a lot more than most. Uh, and then, you know, obviously I had all the time in the world to work out. So, uh, we ended up putting a gym in our, in our, in our garage and, uh, you know, I just worked out at home cause there's nothing else to do really. So, um, you know, I think it was, uh, more of, uh, I was trying to keep focus, you know what I mean? Towards yeah. an end goal and, and to get back into, you know, I wanted to get that feeling back, you know, like coming out on the floor and, and having that, uh, hearing the crowd, uh, roar and you know, a big celly after a goal. Like I wanted that feeling back. So. 
I think that that that's what drove me uh, to give myself one more shot at it, and uh, I'm glad that I uh, glad that I did. It was a really cool year. Unfortunately, it didn't happen the way it was supposed to. With, with you know going to playoffs and that, but you know things happen, and, and I'm just happy that I got to play another year. Now that we're here at the end of the season with one more game to go this weekend for the rush, Jeff, um, you still at peace with the decision or now that you're having fun and winning some games, you're going, man, I don't know. There might be a, might be another year left to go. What do you, how are you feeling right now? Yeah. We, uh, yeah. I have a lot of people saying that. I, I honestly, like, I, I don't think anything's uh, changed in my mind. You know, even my wife has said, you know, if you want to play another one, you know, you, you can, but, you know, it's just a lot. Like my uh, the the Shadow Cross Academy, it's just it's it's really blown up. Um, and it's I just got no time. Basically, the only free time I do have, I'm flying from one airport to the next, or in different hotels, and I'm still trying to do all my work on the road. And it's just it's just so much. And then you know, I think my age, man, you get home on Wednesday, you start feeling better, and it's like Jesus. Now I got to go back on the road on Friday. <laughs> So it's like, uh, I don't know if it's all worth it. Because well, you still have to go to work and you have kids. Well, I'm just looking at your career totals here, Shots. And it like Brad and I were remarking how consistent you were throughout your career. A consummate 30-goal man and a 40-assist guy, 70 points, 70 points, 80 points, 80 points. Like, it just kept going and kept going all the way up until 2019, like 34 and 39 in 2019. That's not that long ago, Jeff. Yeah, I guess so. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it goes in, you know, sometimes it doesn't. So. What a t- uh, take, yeah. take Sorry, us, t- no, take us back. I don't know if Brad was going to ask you this, but it all actually all started for you back in 2006 with the Buffalo Bandits. I didn't even know this. You played one game as a bandit. Do you remember that? Uh, I remember going down to Philly. Uh, you know, I went down to Philly. We were we were the number one team in the league, um, and unfortunately, we lost in the finals to Colorado. But you know, I I played the very last game of the season, um, very last game of the season. Um, it was in Philly, and uh, it was a cool experience. But you know, I always considered my first team playing for it was Calgary. Uh, you know, I only had that one shot. You know, they said I was too young. Um, they, they, I was drafted anyways. Um, so that, that was kind of frustrating, um, you know, to be drafted and then not even get to play, but I, we had a really good team. Man. They, that guy, they were stacked. Like that's, <laughs> that's why it was nuts. Yeah. You look up that um, roster. So, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. What, like, you know, it was crazy. What facilitated that deal to go to Calgary? Do you remember how that came about? Or what was the deal? Uh, it was, what was his name? Uh, Dosty. Ah, Kevin yeah. Dosty. Kevin Dosty and a uh, it was myself and a pick for Dosty. Dosty went down to Buffalo. <laughs> I think the Roughnecks might have won that deal. Yeah, no disrespect I, to Dosty, but seriously now. Yeah, so we uh, yeah, I, I believe that's how it went down. And they called my dad, and I was at, actually at work, and I came home, and my dad was like, "Hey, man," he's like, "I want to tell you this, but you've been traded." I said, "To where?" And he's in Calgary, and I was like. I was pumped because I was a huge snowboarder. I still am. And I'm like, I'm going to the mountains. It's, uh, that's unbelievable, right? So that's how uh, that's how I did it, man. It was beauty. I was just digging up the career stats here. Do you, your, your, it was your second game in Calgary. You got your first career goal. Do you remember the goaltender you scored it on? Uh, God, I don't. I have no idea. Let me guess. Who are they playing? Edmonton, 2007. Disher. Ed- it could it could have been Disher or it could have been uh, Palador. 
Oh, it was it was it was Campbell actually. Cannonball. What? Oh, Cannonball. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I forgot. Oh, yeah, I wow. forgot he was in Edmonton for a bit there. But yeah, that's and assisted by TK and Caleb Toth. So oh, not a bad uh, not yeah. a bad lineup to be jumping into. Yeah, no kidding. What do you remember from the early years there in Calgary besides, you know, the, those two guys? Obviously, there was a lot of great players surrounding you in the early years in Calgary. Uh, you know, playing with Josh Sanderson was, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a real treat. You know, I got to see him uh, on Saturday night. Um, he's always a special player, man. That guy, I don't know how he did it. but And then obviously my, my main man, Dane Doby, you know, we, we grew up together big thing in this league. And, and uh, I'm surprised to see he's doing well now. And it was, a, it was a lot of fun, man. It was uh, back in the day, we were all, you know, we were all young. You and Doby shots. You you guys had some some times in your years there. You've both grown yeah. up quite a bit, but you guys got pegged a little bit early on there in Calgary as a, as a couple of wild childs. But you know, a lot of fun goes along with that. But you guys were producing and and having a good time at the same time. Yeah, we uh, we enjoyed ourselves. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, we've had a couple of really good ones. You know, I remember. Uh, you know, us going to Australia for that all-star game they had way back when. And, and uh, yeah, that was an experience on its own. And then I shot over to Hawaii from Australia. It was, it was a crazy trip, man. That was probably the best trip. Wow. Australia to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, we went to, uh, I was with Team Iroquois. We played Notre Dame. We're up in Notre Dame University uh, playing exhibition games. Then went to a, a football game, USC, uh, Notre Dame uh, game that was absolutely nuts. So we were there for four four days. Flew back to Toronto. Flew to Australia. Was there for ten, and then went to Hawaii for six. Um, I I remember getting home, man, and I just didn't leave my room. Surprised you go to the hospital. Oh, it was a trip. It was a trip of a lifetime, right? Yeah. And then I was just traveling with all the boys from across. Right? It was uh, you know, it was just we we're just going from place to place to place with no worries in the world, and you know. Uh, those are the memories that you you remember, right? And, uh, you know, I'm still thinking about that next year, you know, going to Prague and doing that tournament. I've been invited, you know, a year. Yeah, well, we should both do that, Shots. We should both do that. I'll call games. You go play because uh, that, the Alice Herbeski. The Ladner Ladner Pioneers could use you. Yeah. The Ladner Pioneers. Are you allowed to suit up for them after playing for Nanaimo in a President's Cup against those guys? I don't know if that's allowed. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't like me too much in those no, couple awesome. <laughs> Talk about uh, 2011 shots, the MVP season, and everybody looks back on that year as, you know, it was the last guy that wasn't a pure offensive player that season to win an MVP, which is pretty remarkable. And then sort of becoming – like you start out of the back gate and then it sort of turns into a, a full-time offensive guy after that. But talk about that transition from – transition player out of the back eight to full-time offensive player that sort of came about in 2011. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was really, really a cool year. Um, you know, I was always out of the back end back and then I always say push the ball. Right. And, uh, if you get caught on offense, you know, chop, stop the transition back. And, you know, I, I remember I was putting a lot of blogging a lot of minutes that, that year. They didn't, I don't think they uh, recorded any of that stuff, but I was on there. Jesus. I, I was always on the floor. And, um, you know, I was young. I had the legs for it, right? And uh, yeah, it was just a really cool year. I had, uh, you know, as soon as they take a shot or I'd cheat off the top and I'd be gone. I'd probably get four or five breakers a game. And, um, you know, then they're like, okay, well, let's just keep you up there a little bit longer. And, you know, on my first five, six years, I just wanted to be in the lineup. 
you know what I mean? I, I would do anything to be in the line. So I was strictly defense for the longest time. And, and uh, I think that year is when Josh Sanderson and, and Dane Doby, we only played with two lefties and I was the third. <laughs> but yeah. So Every had, shift those guys are going out essentially. Every shift, yeah. And then I would take the odd one. And so we only played with three lefties and I was playing defense. So these guys were going every time and then I'd be going, you know, every every once in a while. But yeah, we had a heck of a year that year, man. It was a, it was a lot of fun, um, you know, and then, you know, getting that transition player of the year that year. And then, you know, then they I, they, call, they actually called me the first time. They're like, oh, you won transition player of the year. I was like, oh, hey, uh, that's pretty cool. And then they called me back like, 30 minutes later and said, Oh, you just <laughs> Two separate MVP. phone calls. <laughs> yeah. Is, I was like, amazing. Yeah. I was like, Yeah. I was like, What? I'm like, Jesus. All right, man. Thank you. Well, I collect it. Yeah. No doubt, man. As we speak with Jeff Shatler, who will play his final National Lacrosse League game this coming weekend. And, and something that's coming up here local, Jeff, for the, the final Warriors home game is First Nations Night, Indigenous Night. And we, I don't know when it was. Was it last year or maybe the year before? But we were kind of texting back and forth talking about the best indigenous players our league has seen. And you are far and away the highest scoring first nations player that the national Cross league has ever seen. And listen, you're going into the hall of fame, no doubt about it, but how much does that mean to you? And how important is it to you that you can kind of stake that claim that you are the highest scoring indigenous player in our history? Uh, you know, that that's uh, an honor on its own, you know, um, I know for the longest time, no, no one even knew, you know, I had, uh, I was status, uh, you know what I mean? Even Team Iroquois, I had no idea, you know. Ojibwe, um, too, remember. shots, right? Like, and, yeah, and I don't know Ojibwe, if there's another yeah. one in, in our league that's Ojibwe, is there? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I honestly don't. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty neat, man. I remember uh, Dewey, Dewey, I was, I was going to go play for Team Canada. And that, that's a 2012, just after we had, we got those accolades and, Team Canada was like, we want you to play for us. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'm in. And then uh, Iroquois called and they said, you know, are you status? Like, this goes my last name, right? Shatler, right? No one ever really yeah. expects it. And I never, I lived in down, I lived in a downtown Toronto. Like I was, uh, was, you know, I lived in the city. So no one ever really knew. And I remember getting called out at tournaments, man, for my status card. Oh yeah, man. They were like, you're not native. And I'm like, all right, man, come on. And then they get dinged for $500. You know? <laughs> So I was like, whatever, man. So for the longest time, people just didn't believe it. And, uh, you know, I'm just happy that, you know, people understand. And, you know, I just, I wasn't raised on the res, but, you know, I, I have really close ties to it. And, uh, you know, with my academy, I'm trying to give those kids every opportunity possible, you know what I mean, to, uh, you know, strive for their goals and show them that they can do it too, right? Um, yeah, living where I lived, it was, it was the ghetto, man. It was like, well, there's maybe- a lot of people shot and killed and it was crazy though well maybe stay on that theme here for a sec jeff is the shatler lacrosse academy i wanted to bring this up but let's do it now because you've really surplanted yourself in the province of saskatchewan and and you're a resident in regina now and and how many how many reservations have you visited in the province oh man uh well for example i'm going up to Lorange for five days uh, in three weeks, and then another place called Lac Lorange. Next step is like Northwest Territories. So this year alone, it's up there. It's up there. It's up. Oh man, it's like yeah, no man's land. Um, 
But yeah, I've probably, I, I, there's 78 reserves in, in Saskatchewan. I'd probably hit 30, maybe 32, 35, something like that. And then just, and they're just, sorry, sorry go ahead. no, I was just going to say, and then, and then walk me through, like paint the picture of when you walk onto these reservations, how, how much lacrosse have these kids seen? Have they ever picked up a stick? How many kids are you running around with? What are the facilities like in these places? What are the living conditions like? What give me the the grand experience when you go visit one of these places? Well, for example, I went down to uh, Ella La Lacrosse. It's called Ella Lacrosse, and it's it's it stands for Island of Lacrosse. And uh, he was telling me the stories, like you know, the French settlers came across the water and they saw two two grown men playing lacrosse, so they called it Island of Lacrosse. Um, and and the, the facilities, man, believe it or not, like they are unbelievable. Some of these schools and these northern communities, hospitals, like you know, most people think, all right, you know, like there's not, you know, there's, they wouldn't have anything up there. They're living in little huts and you know teepees or whatever, man. But it's it's very very beautiful. Man. Like most reserves are right on the water. You know, they have their own, you know, access. They all have boats. They, you know, it's gorgeous. The best hunting, fishing places in, in the world are, are in some of these uh, reserves. And it's pretty deep, man. It's uh, it's really cool. Really cool experiences. And everyone's super, super nice all the time. And, and they're always there for, you know, whatever you need. Um, I, but I went to one place, man, and I, I didn't see any humans until I got to the school. Like there was, there was nothing. Man. I was Just like, am I in the right spot? And, yeah. <laughs> oh dude, it was nuts, man. Like it was the one spot I, uh, I went down there three and a half hours, no reception. And I didn't know where the hell I was going. So I was like, where, like, am I going the right way? And my phone, you know how you have the blue line on the map? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was just a blue line. There was nothing else. Dude. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I'm going the right way. You know, I was just, it was it's kind of scary. Yeah, no doubt. And, 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 and some, yeah, something happens to me out there, man. I'm done. And then and what then about the, remember, the grid? Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Sorry, yeah. I keep cutting you off, man. Oh, no, no, no worries. Uh, you know, and then and there's bears chasing your car. You know what I mean? Like, you got bears on both sides of your car. I had to take a piss one time. And I was like, man, I can't get a car. I'm going to get eaten. And, uh, yeah, they're chasing the car and stuff. And it's uh, Pretty cool, pretty cool, dude. And then the kids so up there, what's man. The, what, yeah, what's the well, what's the goal when you go up there? Introduce them to lacrosse, just to give them, introduce them to the creators game, to give them something maybe they can fall in love with and and have something to do on evenings and weekends and that. Like, what's what's the goal to go up there? So the end goal is uh, what I'm trying to do is I want to leave. So I, I go up there with the, 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 everything needed. So I got the sticks, the balls, the nets, the targets, and bring a couple prizes for the kids so it keeps them interested and. And basically at the, at the very end, I, you know, I give them the option if they want to, you know, have a couple of sticks for their school. And uh, so basically we're trying to start a nation's cup. I don't know if you heard about this one, but they have it in Ontario where all the reserves come in and they'll play against each other uh, in, in, in one, once a year. So what I'm trying to do is, it, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm trying to uh, implement that um, with, the, with the reserves, but the way I'm doing it is, you don't need equipment. It's almost like Casey Powell's speed lacrosse um, nice, where nice. I'm trying to, you know, implement it that way. You know, those little warrior mini nets and then you got a blue sponge ball and then you get like 10 warps and then you just go play outside and you don't really need equipment or anything like that. And no, you don't. And that's where the cost comes in. Right. So we, I just got in with, what was it? White cap um, casino. And, uh, and they, they want to run a program through the high schools in all of Saskatoon area 
Awesome. And uh, casinos so usually have a little money to to throw around. As well. Yeah, they got a couple <laughs> dollars for sure. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, now we're working on that. I got a trial run on May twenty seventh out in Whitecap. Uh, you know, they're doing their school that's in the city, and we're trying to start an actual lacrosse league in the within the schools. Awesome. So we'll see we'll see how that goes, man. Like, there's just the opportunities are endless here, and, and it's it's really really cool. That's why I don't really think of myself as retiring to be honest there's just so much stuff going on it's crazy um, i'm always gonna have my stick in my hand and, and i'll always be you know throwing the ball around and, and having some fun but like all those those uh those travel tournaments and stuff like that gives me an opportunity to go and, and actually experience those for the first time because i was always playing you know i was always playing pro so i never really got a chance to go and, and enjoy those tournaments and have fun in the beer leagues and i'm gonna join a bowling league that's huge. Uh, up for that. There you go. Five oh, pin, yeah. ten oh, pin. Yeah. What do you? What do you? I'm, a, I'm all about the ten pin. Man. Okay. I don't. I, I'm not no five pin guy. I, uh, my, my mom bought me a bowling ball and shoes when I was young, man. I loved it. So I'm gonna get into some bowling and uh, you know some golf, obviously, and and uh, you know and snowboarding is gonna be come back into my life full full throttle. A lot of family trips going to wherever you know, like they got some beautiful mountains, obviously in, in Vale and. Big Bear and Whistler, just travel, travel and uh, snowboard. Well, Hawaii so, tournaments coming up in October, shot. So just uh, keep that in the back of your pocket there. Yeah, I heard they have uh, they got cold beer down there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Couple yeah, quick yeah. ones. I know you're going to a camp like right now. So two quick ones for me before we let you go, Jeff. Just toughest goaltender, or maybe the goaltender that always had your number that you always seem to have a tough time against there's and then one. Tough, there's not def- one Brad. toughest def- toughest def- <laughs> oh, defender you want against i would <laughs> have to say block. man dylan dylan ward is, he's brought me more times than any other really for sure just very unorthodox lefty goalie, right lefty yeah yeah i don't know man he i would have to say dylan ward for sure man um, he's uh he's a pretty tough goalie to beat and then what about the defender what about the defender f- uh, fold you up uh on a uh fuck i've had a couple good battles with a bunch of guys i'd say billy d would be up there oh, he's, he's a pretty strong kid man mm-hmm. you know he was uh it was always fun getting whacked by him in the man cups and then uh yeah I, i'd say there was another guy doherty doherty me and him oh, had a lot of battles. yeah we had a lot of battles me and that guy i'm surprised we didn't fight to be honest but we uh yeah we, we were all every game man he was always on me and just hacking and whacking so i'd say those two guys you know they're always good battles <laughs> Um, you know, good times. And, and yeah, Dylan Ward is the goalie for sure. You good, Bradley? I'm good, man. Really appreciated through this time. And uh, it sounds like, you know, you're still going to be giving back to the lacrosse world and the lacrosse world will be great for, great for that. So I'm glad you found something after the playing career is done here, Jeff. And just from all the fans and the broadcasters across the league, like just want to say thank you for, for entertaining us over the years and, and watching us, having us let you watch ball out and, sort of redefining what a transition player was back in the day and then becoming one of the most exciting offensive players in the game from the sellies and the goals and just the stuff off the floor. It's been a treat to watch you ball out, man, and and good luck in your next chapter. Oh, thank you, fellas. I appreciate all the love, man, and, you know, everyone around the the lacrosse world, man. It's just nothing but love the last couple of days. and You know, it's just sad, uh, you know, all good things come to an end. But, you know, I'm going to focus more on – my kids and, and uh, you know, family and, and stuff like that. You know, it's just a new chapter, man. I'm going to be a fan now and 
That'd be pretty cool too. Who knows? Maybe you'll end up in a in a broadcast booth before too long. Shots. Hey, uh, before we let you go, I wanted to get this in and and your stick. You're auctioning off your stick for autism uh, for one of your family members. So I want to make sure that I know it's been mentioned a couple of times on TV. But uh, where can people go to to bid on this stick and, and raise some money for autism? Uh, it's just on um, donation, uh, so they don't bid on it. They just okay. they, you donate. Uh, you go to shatlerlacrossacademy.com. And, uh, you know, click the link and, and put a donation in of, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, all proceeds go to my little man, Nathan, and, you know, just his schooling. And I can't believe how crazy expensive it is. And you just need a little more help. Right. So this is my way of doing it. And I'm going to be auctioning off or not auctioning off, uh, doing the draw, uh, in about two weeks. So there's still two more weeks to donate and, uh, you know, just uh, go to shot across academy.com, hit the link, man, just donate. And then, uh, yeah, see if uh, see what your chances may hold. There you go. Uh, we'll do that. Everybody else should do that as well. Listen, Shots, we're going to have you back on for calls to the hall when you go into the Hall of Fame. We might have you back on before that as well. Best of luck with uh, the Shatler Academy and, and your trips up. North, say hi to, to Linz and the family for me, and appreciate you doing this. Yes, thank you, guys. You have a good day. Thanks, guys. There he is. What a career that man has had, Brad Schellner. Jeff Shatler. And I've said it for I don't know how long, Brad. He's always been – these guys that can do it all on the lacrosse floor are always my favorite players to watch. And Jeff Shatler really kind of broke the mold. He was one of the first guys to do it all in the National Lacrosse League. Offense, defense, short, short man, power play, faceoff team. Uh, drop the mitts every every now and then for shots as well. Just a five tool guy that that played the game the right way. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. And then paved the way for everybody else that's that's doing it now. Your Zach Couriers and look at how much Lyle Thompson does on both ends of the floor and and Brendan Bombery and guys like that who have grown up watching Jeff and then playing with him with the Iroquois national team and really paving that way because you're right those are my favorite guys too look at look at a messenger challenge rogers guys that can do everything the most well-rounded players of the sport and he's always in that category and you know i said this on the air on tsn the other night like as much as there's the mvp and the championships for shots like my biggest memories are his his climbing the glass goal celebrations that enthusiasm Mm -hmm. the the 2018 championship cigar and biker helmet and beer (laughs) on the counter. And as I'm telling this story the other night, what happens at the end of the game? Chantel is interviewing him on live TSN and boom, big, the team soaks him with the Gatorade and there's another big celebration. Matthews puts a beer in his hand eight seconds after that game ends. Like it's all that sort of fun off the floor charisma stuff that, that I think exemplifies Jeff Shadler too. And has made everybody such a fan of his because that guy he just likes to have fun. He exemplifies what the creators game is all about. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been a treat. Yeah, no doubt. It, it, huge favorite with his teammates and, and fans alike. And I know tons of youth from the indigenous communities look up to Jeff Shatler, who I mentioned is the highest scoring first nations player in national cross league history. And nobody's catching him for a while. So Congrats on an outstanding career. One more game to go for Shats. One more quarter to go for us here on EP 181. We got to get to the fourth and final frame. Evan is back. Lax glass locks. And who you got? Final week of the regular season is all coming up. Stick with us here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. 
Hey, this is Logan Shuck. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box across. And now it's time for another round of Who You Got? Fourth quarter action is underway. No more breaks here on Lacrosse Classified EP181. And uh, before we get into things, as always, i got to ask you to do a couple of things for us while you listen to the program. Subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to your podcast right now. Hit that five-star review and uh, jot down a few words of, of wisdom. That helps our outreach. That gets us to more listeners, which helps our podcast grow and continue to roll on here. So appreciate you doing that. And while you're at it, give us a follow on social media as well. At Lacrosse Classified on Insta, at Lax Class on Twitter, Facebook page as well. Email address is lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Brad is at Brad Shell. Evan is at Shemlax. I am at PXP for sports. Don't worry, there's not a test. But you can find us anywhere and everywhere across all social media. And we'd appreciate it if you did that. Now, it's time to welcome back Evan Sheminar. This is how we do it. Welcome back, Evan. There's your uh, Montel Jordan <laughs> intro music as usual. Where did where did I hear Mont- they were bumping Montel in an arena during the game? Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. Well, you were the one that actually told us about it. I think that was I in Sastel. It might have been even. No, also, no, it wasn't there. I've also got to add. Uh, Evan gave me a driving tour of Saskatoon this weekend that I thoroughly enjoyed. Oh. But when I got in the car, on on brand for Evan here, listening to Sirius X. Sam's Fly Channel, which is all just 80s and 90s smooth oh, R&B and hip-hop. So very on-brand, Evan. Well done there. Hey, gotta love it. Gotta love it. And that's the thing. You guys just don't ex- expect that a farm boy from Saskatchewan no, listens that, to R&B or hip-hop, right? That's why it's so good. I thought you'd uh, be on, like, the Garth Brooks channel or Tractor FM, but Fly, <laughs> serious <laughs> Fly. Tractor FM. <laughs> That is a radio station waiting to happen right there in, in Saskatchewan. All right, enough of that little chit-chat. Uh, it's time for Who You Got. Let's do it. Who You Got time? It's time once again to play your favorite podcast game. Who You Got? There you go. Who you got? Brought to you by Stampede Tact and Western Wear. Along with hats, they got the legendary Storm Rider jacket. Line jean jacket. This corduroy collar features the classic Storm Rider styling that has become one of the most popular jean jackets of all time. I couldn't even name another one, so obviously the Storm Rider is the GOAT. Perfect on the job site, late night campfires, camping season's coming up. Whether at work or play, you'll find it at Stampede Tack and Westerwear. You know the deal. Out there in Cloverdale, Highway 10, 180th, or do it easy. It's online, it's local, stampede.ca, Storm Rider. Might have to get one of those for camping season if they come in my size. Uh, who you got? Well, hey now. <laughs> Week 21 winner is a good one. It is none other. Let's back it up here for a second. We now have, well, my lovely girlfriend, Dan Yashima, has, has won a week of Who You Got. Brad Challoner, you won earlier this, this year a week of, of Who You Got. Of course, I have, I've won uh, Who You Got as well. Evan, have you ever won? 
Stand you know what? Question. I'm still ahead of you. It's all that matters. Consistency. You're not gonna Anybody do can win any week. Have you won a no. week? Have you won? All that matters is who <laughs> well, wins at the end of the year. <laughs> right. And let, I'll throw this in fun for I was a stick up for Evan here. Jake what? and I have both been efficient, officially oh, eliminated in the postseason. <laughs> we both have X's beside our names now. We cannot win. Evan is still in contention. If he, he has a perfect shit. If he has a perfect mathematical nah, week, nah. still possible. Not happening. Still possible. But what did happen is your kid, Evan, won last week. Vasily Schemenauer is now a Who You Got Weekly winner. Congratulations to Vasily, who I know is real fired up about his prize pack coming from Stampede Tack and gets to rub it in dad's face, who, again, has, has never won. That's okay. Like I said, I don't have to sing karaoke. No, either do I don't we. have to go dress up in cowboy picture because I consistently do well. Well, doing well and winning are two different things. All right, enough of that. Uh, Brad, I think you did the best last week, surprisingly enough. I, I've got <laughs> yeah, I had six two points. For two for the four. <laughs> two out of four I yeah, got. That I was got the best out of us three. That is dirt. Pathetic, really. Uh, I've kind of just folded here. I'm not really... Anyways, you're hosting this week, so let's uh, let's get into this. Let's get it over with because uh, the death march is on for yours truly. Still lots of placings, final rankings to be determined in this final weekend here, the National Lacrosse League. Um, we should probably mention the overall uh, standings here as well. I kind of failed to do that, so I don't want to leave anybody out here. But uh, what do we got? David Salisbury is at the top of the table here with a three-point lead. Now, what do we, we should probably discuss this off here, but what, are we carrying this into the playoffs right through to the championship? Is that no, what? it doesn't allow us to. Okay, so this is it. The yep. final week of the regular season, whoever is in first place after this weekend is our grand champion of the grand prize pack, courtesy of Stampede Tech. Over $300, pair of Blundstones in there. So this is it. What do we, what do we see in here? Guys... Probably about five, six guys with a realistic shot to win. Yeah, and what uh, Johnny Hardnett's supposed seven points back, which is one pick. And there are some tough ones this week. Like it was eight, seven, six. I was okay. Five to two. I was like, what? What do I do? All right. Well, let's let's. Well, we're gonna find out what you're gonna do. Here we go, Brad. You're up. Okay, first up, this game's not going to mean much standings-wise. Halifax Thunderbirds have clinched their playoff spot. Rochester Nighthawks have been eliminated for a while, but Halifax will go into Rochester on Saturday at 4 o'clock Pacific. Evan, who you got? Yeah, the only meaning here is if Halifax wins or if Georgia loses, that Halifax goes third and goes and plays Toronto. I still think that means something for whatever reason. This is my eight-game Halifax for an eight. Jake Elliott, who you got with as, two T's? Yes, as much thank you. As much praise as I gave the Nighthawks and Joel Watson from a week ago, I I don't think they do it here. This is old Nighthawks against the new Nighthawks, and I just think that the old Nighthawks are a little bit better. And this game means something to them a lot. So T-Birds for an eight. Yeah, I agree. As much as I've been beating up on Halifax, I think the last little while here final game heading to the postseason where they know they need to turn things around and get ready for Toronto. I think Halifax takes this. This is also my eight game. Uh, same start time. This will mean something for the Albany Firewolves. They'll place, they'll face the New York Riptide at MVP Arena, four o'clock Pacific. Um, with a win, Albany can clinch an Eastern Conference playoff berth. 
and a Georgia loss. So still some stuff up for grabs here. They can clinch a wild playoff, wild card playoff berth with a Philadelphia loss at Georgia, and they can be eliminated from the playoffs with a loss versus New York and a Philadelphia win at Georgia. So lots to try to figure out there still, but uh, all the at home against the Riptide. Jake, who you got? Yeah, I'm taking the Firewolves here. Uh, they might get in, they might not get in, but I think they do themselves the favor, do what they can do, and that's get the victory here on their home floor against the Riptide. Firewalls for a six. And I've got Firewalls for a seven. Yeah, and, and basic math, if Georgia wins, Albany's fifth doesn't matter what happens, but the thing is these two games are happening at the same time, mm-hmm. right? See, there's not a case of you can start a scoreboard watching and determine what you're going to do. The uh, But Albany has that window if they lose they could be completely out so they need the win although they're probably going to be big georgia swarm fans as well very quietly firewalls for a seven i got the firewalls for a seven too i just think the up and down season that they've had they're looking at hey if we can get a crossover game here we could be in pretty good shape um i don't know if they're in as good a shape against the buffalo bandits i think they're in better shape against any of the western teams in in a one and done playoff game so give me the firewolves with the seven here this game might mean the most as the philadelphia wings win and they're in lose and they are dunsky the wings and the swarm at georgia wings are nine and or eight and nine swarm are nine and eight back home down south evan who you got and georgia can actually be out too if they lose in albany wins so it's uh it's there's a lot on the line but i go back to one simple stat and that is against a plus 500 team philly is one and a and a bunch georgia swarm for a six jake who you got i got the swarm too i'm taking him for a five and i just think they don't leave anything to chance or doubt here and the home floor advantage is what puts them over the top against the wings Georgia, five. I got Philly here, friends. They have beaten Georgia. They were below 500 at the time of the win, but it was still the same Georgia team nonetheless. And Philly is really needing to look themselves in the mirror to figure out who they are and who they want to take into the future. And this isn't this is a veteran group that could lose some guys to UFA. At the end of the season, I think the window is right now for the Philadelphia Wings. I think they sneak in with the win here in Georgia. This is my five game. This might be the game of the weekend, even though it's not going to do anything for the standings. But let's watch the Toronto Rock and the Buffalo Bandits beat up on each other in the final week of the regular season. This is incredible, as the Buffalo Bandits will look for a little bit of a tune-up. They've clinched first overall. Toronto Rock have clinched their home playoff date. But man, oh man, like what lineups do we see here? Is this going to be a war? Evan Shemenauer, who you got? Buffalo hosting the Rock. And, and that's really the problem is what lineups you got? Is somebody going to sit the game because they're a little bit banged up? Always possible. Do you need a tune-up? Who's going to care? Because both these guys have, both these teams have their playoff spots solidified. I'm taking the Bandits for two and just because it's just who's going to show up in this game. Who knows? 
Jake, you need Dane Smith to get a 12-point night to reach your hot take of him beating his own record by 10. He's got 135 points, two away from tying his own single-season points record, uh, 12 away from from matching your hot take. I guess you have to take the Bandits, but who you got? No, you'd be wrong. I think Dane can still score 12 and the Bandits can lose. I don't... He might not score. That would be okay. There's a hot take in itself. Dane Smith scores 12 and the bandits lose. Here's what I really want to see is Steve Priello and Billy Holstrauser get it on. Remember early in the season? Little, uh, what was it against? Somebody took a cheap shot. Holstrauser ended up fighting, um, Jordan Sturrock in that game. And then they, I thought they were going to go their second meeting of the year. And I don't know if Priola was out of the lineup or what happened, but it didn't happen. And now this game, like you guys mentioned, does not mean anything in the standings. Toronto on the road to, uh, on Saturday in bandit land. And I wouldn't mind seeing a little action between Priolo and Hostrauser. But I'm taking Toronto to win this game, plant a little seed in the bandits uh, brain there that they can be beaten. But it's my two game. But you hear me, Dalek? I'm taking Toronto, and I'm taking them for a two. Yeah, I feel the same. I don't think we're going to see any fights come on. We're a day before, a week before playoffs. I don't think, unless it's... I'll just sign Timmy O'Brien to like one a day Sam, Unless it's like a Sam... What? Unless it's like a Sam LaRue and, I don't know, someone from Toronto that may not play in the postseason. Like We, we might get that, but I, you know, I don't think we're going to see anything of significance a week before the postseason. Um, but I do agree that I think Toronto can win this lacrosse game, plant a little bit of doubt in Buffalo, and then be Toronto can be uber confident rolling in Bandits, to the postseason. Bandits signed Brandon Francis. Toronto signs Timmy O'Brien. And just somebody go run the goalie and see what happens. This is like, uh, and then Jake Elliott jumps off the bench as he's a late season pickup. Hey, street free agent. Just look up on YouTube, training camp, Buffalo Bandits, Toronto Rock, and and enjoy that. Because it could happen again. Uh, Saturday, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. Man, we got all these games happening on Saturday. This is a super Saturday of insanity. <laughs> Saskatchewan Rush, this one, I, you know, Jake didn't let me call it a mean-nothing game earlier, but it doesn't mean anything for the postseason standings. Saskatchewan 7-10 and 10 at Panther City. Imagine wrapping up your season in Fort Worth. Sign me up for that, mm. for the Saskatchewan Rush. But the Rush are in Panther City. Evan, who you got? Well, let me ask you, because you guys were on the uh, the phone with Mr. Shatler. Is he playing in this or no? Oh, yeah. I think Shats will play for Sounded sure. like he was. Yeah, he didn't tell us he wasn't, and we wished him luck this weekend. The guy's going to want to play his final game of his career. I guess it depends. Is, is Do you want that, or you want the highlight being the, the big emotional? Nah, nah, Shats one, is right? a gamer. He'll play. Okay. But I mean, at the end of the day, you've got Panther City who now has a chance to try out a whole bunch of rookies. I mean, Sask, you're probably going to see Austin Murphy, Marshall Paulus, guys like that get in the lineup. And with Sask, who do you put net in this one? Do you give Dunkerley and Rushka the chance to get some game time in? All these factors are coming in. Only because the Rush are on a bit of a heater right now, I'll give the Rush for a four. But this one is too difficult because it's a case of who's actually playing jake who do you start a net and who do you got yeah you know what i start adam shooting goal you got plenty of time for cam dunkerley and lane harusha to get experience 
and playing time in the future here. Adam Schutz earned another start here for Saskatchewan with two straight wins. And they want to they finish off their season on the right note here. So I'm putting a seven beside the rush to beat Panther City. Yeah, I think the rush will go shoot just to just to sort of reinforce to see what they have and what they have had all year. Yeah. To just to He's just go, this is this is what could have been. You know, this was our number guy to start the season. We brought Penny in. He's he's left to injury. But if they start shoot and they win another game, they'll go, man, this this was so close this year. And they don't need to reinvent the wheel for next season. They've got a lot of good pieces going forward. Give me the rush with a six to wrap things up in Fort Worth and then enjoy the festivities, lads. Um, Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, our TSN game of the week. This could be for first place in the West. Colorado Mammoth, 10 and 7. Calgary Roughnecks, 9 and 8. Jake, who you got? Yeah, if, if Toronto and Buffalo is in the game of the week, this surely is. And, man, oh, man, this might be coin flip time here, boys. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to take the Calgary Roughnecks here because I think they shake off that loss to Rochester. And if Calgary gets a home playoff game, look out for the rest of the West here because they are real good at home. And they're going to be feeling themselves a little bit, beating Colorado going into the playoffs. Ten and eight, very respectable for both teams here. So give me Calgary for a four. Calgary for a four. Evan, who you got? Yeah, and this this was almost a coin flip for me too. Problem here is you've got Colorado who had a week off, but they had a stinker of an offensive performance their last time out. Calgary, we know how bad that situation was there last week. Who's going to show up because it's at home? I'm going to take the Roughnecks. I think they can get over that hump a little easier here. It's my three game. Um, And yeah, if Colorado wins this, we know the order in the West. It'll be Colorado, San Diego, Calgary. If Calgary wins it, Calgary will be ahead of Colorado, and then it depends what San Diego does from there. Brad, this you is got. my two game. This is my two game TSN game of the week. I'm exercising God, the point you and your coin on this one. It, it, it's this is tough. Like I, Calgary, I always have faith in them after a bad loss. Going back to week one and week two, they get spanked by Buffalo and then go beat Sask in Sask to start the season, and they've kind of been doing that all all season long. I, I like the way that the Calgary Roughnecks recover. Um, They've beaten Colorado, I believe, at home in Calgary already this season. But Colorado is going to want to – having that bye week when everybody got to play this weekend, especially Calgary getting to play, I think they're going to want to tune themselves up for the postseason. So, I don't know. This is the coin flip. Here it goes. Heads is home. Tails is the road team, Colorado Mammoth. Here we go. One long woolly tail for the Colorado Mammoth. (laughs) Do Mammoth have tail? Yeah, I guess they have. All right. Final game of the weekend and another oh, game as the Seals on a six-game losing skid head to Vancouver to take on maybe their arch nemesis. And I know a team that hates them with all their guts. Um, this is rivalry blood match written all over it. Evan, we kind of speculated earlier, do you see Austin Stotts or not? So I ask you, do we see Austin Stotts and who you got? <sighs> I, 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 I don't just think, do a, uh, 
I think he did like a half. No, the though. reason being is that Austin Sauce is the kind of guy that if he's 50%, he's going to go, right? Should he play? Probably not. Does San Diego need him? Well, the thing is, San Diego's got to get off this six-game losing skid. And I was saying earlier today, I've never seen odds this good, this this lopsided on a team that just lost six in a row. Um, Vancouver, on the other hand, season's over. Does it mean something? Does it not mean something? We don't know. Although, to be frankly honest, if Vancouver loses, they probably get the three pick. That's not a bad consolation prize. Um, San Diego for a five. I think they got to. I think they got to do something before they get in the playoffs, get off the streak. Well, you're not allowed to pick Vancouver. So that was a long winded way of getting there on that question. Jake, (laughs) you will be there alongside Tino Farah. Yeah, my man, Tino, going to call the game lacrosse flash. I'm excited that Tino will get to crack the mic for the first time in a national lacrosse league game, a real bright and upcoming broadcaster in sport and a member of the flash. Family, so you and Tina from Rogers Arena. Tino from Rogers Arena. <laughs> That'd be something. No, I know Tino. Tino's fired up uh, to do the game. He's he's bouncing around the walls right now. And I've taken Vancouver every single week of the season. I'm not changing now. Vancouver's two and zero against San Diego. They want that seventh win. They're going to get the third, the fourth, or the fifth pick. I don't think they're thinking about that. They want to end the season on a high note. In front of their home fans, it's Indigenous Night. Warriors taking them for three. Yeah, let me just bring this up as Evan put together some calculations um, about Vancouver's draft pick scenarios here. So if Vancouver wants the third pick, um, they essentially need to tank on Saturday night. They're not doing it. They're not doing that. If Vancouver loses and New York wins... Vancouver will have the number three pick. If Vancouver loses and New York loses, strength of victory to determine who's number three and who is number four. Vancouver has a slight advantage in the tie break to get the better draft spot there with their wins against San Diego. I'll say this. Um, I'll say this. A PCLC loss will give Vancouver the number five pick. A win and a Sask loss and a New York loss will give Vancouver the four pick. So they're anywhere between three and five. Yeah, and I'll say this. I'm all for Vancouver giving some younger guys, Bell, Goodwin. Give these guys, Martell, give these guys a look if that's what you want to do. But nobody's mailing this game in. They're going to go out there and play to win. I have no doubt in my mind about that. Well, I'm not suggesting anybody will. It's just, uh, you know, end of the day, you know, you're going to get a decent draft pick one way or the yeah, other. Exactly. Brad, who you got? I got the Vancouver Warriors with a four in this one. Yeah, I think everybody's going to come out swinging. I think Keegan Ball and Kyle Killen, um, they're, they can look for a few more goals. Maybe Keegan Ball hits, uh, you know, they're at 40. He's at 42 right now. The goal scoring title is on the line mm. this weekend. Keegan Ball is second in the league in goals behind Lyle Thompson. Unreal. They both play this weekend. Lyle's three ahead. Lyle has a quiet night and Keegan ball goes off. He could lead the national lacrosse league in goal. <laughs> Sorry, Tom Schreiber's in there as well. Lyle Thompson's got 45. Schreiber's got 45. Rest of Terrence has 42. Keegan ball has 42. So there's a scoring title there you go. on the goal scoring title on the line. Yeah. So I think there's a couple things to fight for. Safe might be to good say question that- who the, might be a good question. Who starts in that for the Vancouver Warriors as they uh, look towards the future gets to start. Steve Fryer as gets to well. Start. Yeah, he might be might be going deep. So we'll find out Saturday night. Give me the Warriors with a four on a monster seven game oh. 
final weekend. Like kudos to the schedule makers for for putting everything on the line here in the final weekend. It's been it's been absolutely unreal to follow. Well, I think it'd be safe to say if Keegan Ball wins the scoring title that he's the first street free agent to ever win it. Oh, I think that's <laughs> he might be the first street street free agent to ever score forty. That's true. Yeah. All right, boys, who you got is done. Good luck to all the the folks at the top of the table here on becoming the grand champion. One more opportunity to win the weekly prize. Can we reset this up for for playoff time, Evan? We'll, we'll I will have to find out if they're doing it or all not. Right. We shall discuss uh, off the air. One more quick segment to come. It's Lax Class Locks. Let's try and win you some jumbo bucks right now. It's locked. When you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I hereby declare luck of the week. Ooh, that's a big luck, all right. All right, fellas, we came up uh, empty last week. Rochester kind of spoiled the party in, in more ways than one there on our parlay. But we're going to rebound here on the final week of the regular season. Cool bet, Canada. Cool bet. Stay cool. Bet responsibly. If you're new to this, still time to sign up. Lots of other sports to to sprinkle around on. NBA, NHL, and playoff season. Baseball, of course, is now underway. And they'll have odds on the NLL playoffs. The PLL season coming up as well. No better time to sign up to Cool Bet Canada. Coolbet.com. Register, and in that top left corner, deposit bonus code LAXCLASS. Get yourself some free money. They'll match you up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. Combo parlay this week. Uh, Evan, you can roll it out. Okay. Oh, so our combo you're talking, or are we going to go with our picks first? No, let's do the, let's just do the combo. We're like two hours deep into the podcast. All right. So we're going with. My pick is the Georgia Swarm. It's just even money. Minus 110. Um, and then Brad's pick is Colorado plus 1.5. And Jumbo's pick is the Warriors plus 1.5. And the Cool Bet Parlay is a plus 600 on Ooh, this one. And even 140 Jumbo Bucks is your return on a $20 bet. Just search up uh, Lacrosse Classified Parlay in the little search button there. It'll take you right to it. Just click on it and thank us later uh, when you when you put some money in your pocket. Uh, are we going over our own parlays? Are we doing this? I can do it. Got it right here. Ready Brad, to go? you got one ready? Always prepared, fellas. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of tight games this weekend in this Super Sunday, Super Saturday, which we haven't mentioned, by the way, is an NLL record for games in a day. It was supposed to happen earlier this year once, but the snowstorm in New York delayed a game a day. That's right. Yeah. The first ever time that seven games will be happening. It just so happens it's on the final game of the regular season. And with another team coming in the league next year, get used to Super Saturdays. But I think there's going to be some super tight games in this one. I'm going to take of uh i'm taking the handicap in three different games here on this part minus 119 i'm taking the mammoth plus 1.5 at minus 135 and i'm taking the rochester nighthawks i'm changing this to a plus 1.5 with a plus 125 odds okay add all that up 621 boys 20 bucks will win you 124 16 not bad 
Evan, go ahead. I've got the Albany Firewolves on the money line, minus 135. I think they're a bigger favorite than that. The Georgia Swarm, like I said before, this is even money. I think they're a bigger favorite than this, minus 110. And the Colorado Mammoth at plus 1.5. They are actually a significant underdog in this game, surprisingly. Um, Lots of minus 135. Tally it up. Plus 478. 20 jumbo bucks gets a return of 115.70. Okay. I'm going three point spreads here. Final week of the regular season. Georgia minus one and a half. I like them in convincing fashion here over Philly this week. Give me Toronto on the road at plus 1.5. And give me Vancouver at home plus 1.5. Big time here, fellas. Plus 665 gets your return. A cool bet return of 153 in your pocket. Go spend it. Enjoy yourself. Free money, courtesy of Lacrosse Classified. Fellas, that was a huge program right there for ep 181 we'll be back with ep 182 it's playoff time right around the corner cannot wait big thanks to jeff shatler and Chantel chan for stopping by the program to our sponsors of course stampede tack the vancouver warriors associate labels and packaging cool bet and rycor construction fellas we did it again pair of tickets to the vancouver warriors game this weekend I've mentioned it a bunch of times. Tell me what the theme night is this weekend, and you got yourself a pair of Warriors tickets. It's that simple. Just get at me however you can do it. And one more final note before we get going here. We've got a brand-new sponsor starting next week. Not going to give it away. A little local flavor. You're going to like it. So look forward to that. Now we're out of here. For Evan Sheminar, Brad Challoner, I've been Jake Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet, for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.